safe and secure. A man accused of an assault which led to the death of a man outside Excape in Milton Keynes will appear at Luton Crown Court later. 25-year-old Samir Boston has been charged with the manslaughter of Joseph Kent, who died from head injuries two days after the alleged assault in January. Two other men accused of actual bodily harm against Mr Kent are due to stand trial next month. The case of a couple from Dunstable accused of selling fake bomb and drug detectors to governments around the world is coming to an end at the Old Bailey. Samuel Tree and his wife Joan made the devices at their home in Houghton Road. But defending barrister Graham Brodie QC says it's ludicrous to suggest that in middle age they turned to a life of crime. Our reporter Faye Southwell was in court. He pointed out that on one occasion Mr Tree had given one of these devices to a British policeman to test. And he said that this categorically proved his client's innocence because... Giving a device to a policeman to test is inconsistent, he said, with criminality. He gave it to the officer because he believed honestly, albeit mistakenly, that the device did work. The Health Secretary, Jeremy Hunt, has said that surgeons who refuse to publish data about the outcome of the operations they perform should be publicly named. Mr Hunt made the threat after the Royal College of Surgeons said government plans to make the information available to patients could unfairly stigmatise consultants. A man will appear before magistrates in London later today accused of defacing a portrait of the Queen with spray paint. Tim Harries, who's 41 and from Doncaster, has been charged with causing over £5,000 of criminal damage to the painting at Westminster Abbey. In sporting England, cricketers must beat New Zealand on Sunday to reach the semi-finals of the Champions Trophy after a seven-wicket defeat to Sri Lanka at the Oval last night. Kumar Sangakkara's 134 not out helped Sri Lanka to their target of 294 with 17 balls to spare. And the weather today, sunshine and showers. Top temperature, 19 degrees Celsius. That's 66 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Yes! Mm. Ah. It's Friday. She's not wrong. There's a certain Friday, despite the fact I'm working all weekend, it doesn't matter. There is a Friday feeling dans l'atmosphère. C'est fantastique. It's <laughs> French. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It is Friday, but that doesn't mean we're going to give you a shoddy show. Well, no more shoddy than usual anyway. Although last night, I know other people's dreams are boring. Indulge me for ten seconds. Last night, I had one of those dreams. They are where I did a full day's work. I've done this show already. And I've done everything else I'm doing in the day. And I woke up and thought, oh, I've got to do it all again. So, you know, I approach it with a slight weariness, but a weariness filled with the joy of being at BBC Three Counties Radio and broadcasting to you, dear listener. We could see more bikes on the road if health experts get their way. They've recommended that the government spends the same sort of amount on cycling as they do in Denmark, saying it could save the NHS a billion pounds a year. Well, are cyclists a menace on our roads, or would you welcome more? There's been a fourfold increase in the number of children admitted to hospital for obesity-related conditions in the last decade. More than one in five kids aged 10 or 11 are obese in parts of beds, hearts and bucks. Who's to blame for fat kids? And as Dale Cregan gets sentenced to life imprisonment, we'll be hearing about him and the uh, criminal underworld that apparently most of us have no idea exists. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Name on it, please. But the best way, look at this. Five minutes past six, the phone lines are free. 08459 455 555. 
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Health experts have claimed that the NHS could save more than a billion pounds every year if the government matched Dutch levels of spending on cycle provision. Here, nearly a million pounds have been spent on an off-road cycleway linking Luton with Harpenden. But are people using it? Or are cyclists sticking to using the main roads instead? Well, this morning I'm asking, are cyclists a menace on our roads? Chris Garrison is from Trek Bicycles in Milton Keynes. Morning, Chris. Good morning, Ian. Is there enough provision for cyclists, do you think? Not currently, no. What more would you like to see? Essentially, there's a couple things that need to happen. Number one, legislation needs to be passed that makes the rights of cyclists on the roadways more obvious to drivers. Um, Cycle training and awareness needs to be incorporated into the, the current structure that we have for training drivers to obtain a driving license. And infrastructure is a simple way to create more cyclists is to develop infrastructure that provides safe avenues for them to use bikes on the roadways. You did, when I was a kid, and I'm, I'm detecting an accent from yours, is that Canadian? Uh, no, it's American. American, I apologise. Uh, so I don't know what, what it was like over there, but when I was a kid in the 70s and 80s, we had a cycling proficiency test that I think we did at about 10 years old, where you learnt the, the signs and you learnt how to behave on the road. I don't think that happens anymore. There, there's bikeability training that's available in the country here that is usually offered through schools. Um, it's certainly not something that's that's widespread, uh, and, and it would certainly help the problem. But honestly, Ian, the issue isn't necessarily people um, not knowing how to ride bikes. In order to operate a bicycle safely, what you need to be able to do is balance. Whereas, in order to operate a vehicle safety safely you need to understand what the rules of the roads are the laws of the roads exist because it's possible to weaponize a vehicle if you're if you're careless and reckless you have to be licensed there's safety equipment that's built into cars Uh, there's a major difference between the understanding that's required to operate a bike safe safely and operating a vehicle safely listen i i do i've kind of started cycling again after not doing it for for a long long time so my, my feet or my backside is sitting in both camps there is a slight arrogance i've noticed chris amongst some cyclists though i think we were both involved in a little twitter rant uh, yesterday <laughs> from a gentleman called james who went cycling in inverted commas debate on bbc 3cr tomorrow with ian lee probably spouting the usual rubbish about tax so there yeah. is there is sometimes he goes on a bit later on uh, basically he's slagging me off before he's even heard this some cyclists do have a little attitude problem don't they i, I would uh, i would disagree that it's an attitude problem and i would st- state instead that really what you're what, what he is expressing is a general frustration that whenever this debate comes up it's always framed in the same way and that is to suggest that there is somehow a battle being waged on the roads between one road user group and another road user group. And we don't feel that way as bike riders. We don't feel that there is there is an objective to by motorists to basically take out a group, another group of road users. In, there, in are some, there are some motorists, though, aren't there, uh, who hate cyclists. Stay there, Chris, because I'm, I'm joined now by Justin Dealey. Good morning, Justin. Yes, hello, Ian. I've been getting reaction on this. Um, I don't think Chris will like what she's about to hear. I've been asking motorists and lorry drivers whether cyclists are a menace on our roads, and this is what people had to say. Yeah, they certainly are, yeah. They've only got, what's it, two, two wheels, but uh, they seem to take a lot of the road up. Obviously, it's good for the environment, isn't it, really? Keeping the, what's it, emissions down and all that, but, yeah, they are a pain in the backside. Some are, some aren't. Some ignored highway code. Just do what they want. Jump lights, main one. Try and go up the inside of you. 
Can't see them. Blind spots. And when you see them jumping lights, does that infuriate you? No, I just think they're idiots. Total idiots. Yes, they are, because they take off the road up. You're all right in a car, because you can get round them easy enough, but when you're in one of these trucks, you can struggle. I mean, should they be taken off the road full stop? I wouldn't say taken off, but they should have more respect for wagon drivers. Would you feel happy? If you never saw a cyclist again, would that make you feel happy? Oh, yeah, we are down. In fairness, Justin, Justin, that gentleman mentioning cyclists going through red lights, we've all seen it. We've mm. all seen cars doing the same thing as well, though, haven't Absolutely, we? Absolutely, we have. But I have to say, you know, from the lorry drivers and the motorists that I spoke to yesterday afternoon, late yesterday afternoon, nobody had a good word to say about cyclists. I'm just being honest. You can call it a small sample, but nobody had a good word to say about cyclists. Chris, th- th- that seems to be the general attitude, doesn't it? Yeah, essentially, whenever this this debate comes up, the anti-cyclist group always raises the same set of objections, both of which are not factual or logical and aren't applied to other non-motorized road users. One is the myth of road tax, and the other is red light jumping. Now, Chris, again, listen, I don't want to... As I say, I'm I'm in both fields here. But again, I'm getting that kind of same paranoia from you that I got from the gentleman on Twitter the other day. No one's mentioned the road tax. Uh, Not yet. Well, no, but no, no, one's, no one's mentioned the road tax. You, you seem to be coming from a, a defensive, slightly aggressive point, as was James on, on, on Twitter yesterday, and there's no, there's no need. No, what I'm saying, Ian, is that when this subject comes up, that whenever you speak to people who are, you know, when you're looking for answers from the general yes. public about why cyclists are, as you say, a menace on the road, yes. the, the same objections are always but it hasn't, mentioned. But it hasn't. The road tax hasn't come up this morning. This is, you, you see what I mean about attitude? And also, you, you said that red light jumping is a myth. It does happen, doesn't it? Sure, it happens. There are lots of cyclists who jump red lights. There's lots of pedestrians that jump red lights. There's lots right. of vehicles that jump red lights. And okay. It happens all the time. Okay, but the road tax thing hasn't been mentioned this morning. So again, I just I, I do worry slightly that by having these kind of staple arguments and, and by saying oh it, it always comes out like this, well I, I'm hoping that we're doing a slightly different discussion this morning and, and and the road tax hasn't been mentioned because I know about the road tax. Yeah, and I'm not arguing that uh, that road tax has been mentioned. I'm, I'm simply saying that. When this subject comes up, if you if you do a search on the internet for discussions yeah. about uh, cyclists versus motorists, but, that that generally the anti-cycling sect yes. of the of the participation always mentions the same things about why cyclists are a menace on the road. But, but again, I, and I'm, I'm sorry to focus on this point. It's the last time. It, it hasn't come up. We're not focusing on the road tax because I, I know I know that myth. So it, it, it does seem that, that both you and Chris, uh, Chris and the, the gentleman on uh, uh, Twitter, James. It's just a little bit of defensiveness when it doesn't need to be there. And maybe, just maybe, that could be part of the animosity between drivers and cyclists. Well, I don't think that there's anything wrong with, with as a cyclist being defensive on the road. We, we have to No, not on the road. In the, not on the road. In the conversation. Well, and, and part of that is because we hear the same rhetoric all the time. But you're not, Chris, you're not hearing it now, though. That's the thing. And yet you still come in with that same argument. I'm hearing people mention that cyclists jump red lights. But you've not heard the road tax, which you brought up. Listen, we're going to move on, because we're going around in circles, Chris. I just think that that possibly uh, the slight aggression uh, from both sides isn't helping. And maybe everyone needs to take a step back and stop worrying about the same arguments when some of those arguments haven't been mentioned. Well, sure, Ian. The the difference between a cyclist being aggressive and a a driver being aggressive is life-threatening. I'm not talking about on the road. I'm talking about in in the conversation about cycling. Okay, well, let's move on then and and make it more positive. We will do, Chris. That's what we're hoping to do this morning. Thank you very much. Uh, That's uh, Chris Garrison there, who uh, is uh, from Trek Bicycles in Milton Keynes. Uh, Justin, can you speak to some cyclists later on today, please? We'll get some uh, voices from them, please. Absolutely. We'll try and find some cyclists and um, get them live on the radio, what, just after seven? Yeah, sure, why not?
Hmm. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah, we can do that because we are the BBC. I'm right. Thank you. Cyclists are a menace. Or do you welcome them with open arms? I do a little bit of both. More carring, well, more walking. Let's go in, in order. Number one for me is walking. Number two for me is carring. Number three for me is the cycling. So I do a little bit. We should get Paul Scoynes on. Let's wake Paul Scoynes up. He's he's a newly converted cyclist. Let's get his opinion on it. Do you think they're a menace? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. All looking lovely and clear on the roads across the three counties. We've got no delays at the moment. Everything moving well along the M1 and the A1M as you head into London. And it's all looking clear on the M25 as well. Even through the roadwork section where we've got the 50 mile an hour restriction between the A1M and Enfield Junction 23 and 25. Roadworks still ongoing in High Wycombe. They're doing some electricity work along the A404 near Gerald's Road, hoping to have it finished later today. So things could get slow through the morning rush, of course, but by this afternoon they're hoping to have the temporary traffic lights that are up on the A404 removed once again. And on the trains and tubes, it's a good service so far today with no incidents. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nice one, Adam. 
Right, it's 6.17, it's Friday the 14th of June. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. There's been a fourfold increase in the number of children admitted to hospital for obesity-related conditions in the last decade. A cross-party group of senior politicians is calling for the British security services to be given greater powers to monitor the internet. In sport, England's cricketers must beat New Zealand on Sunday to reach the semis of the Champions Trophy after a seven-wicket defeat to Sri Lanka at the Oval last night. Coming up, fat kids, who's to blame? 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nick Coffer, across beds, hearts and bucks. This afternoon I'll be donning my speedos and trying out some summer activities at the Hitchin Swimming Centre. Nick Coffer. I'll be getting fully kitted out to become a beekeeper, clowning around by learning some circus tricks. There'll be live music, plus I'll be learning all about a local lavender farm. Nick Coffer. Live from the Hitchin Swimming Centre this afternoon from midday. On BBC Three Counties Radio. So, cyclists, if we spent more money on the cycling infrastructure, we could save a billion pounds a year. It needs to be more like the Dutch, apparently. What do you think? Are cyclists a menace on the road? Stephen's in Sharnbrook. Uh, Good morning, Stephen. Good morning. How are you? Um, I'm all right. It's the freaking weekend, baby. I'm about to have me some fun. Good long, good you. That's good, good long you. That's what I say, good, too. Good, yes, yes. Cyclists, Stephen, <laughs> are they a menace on the roads? Uh, definitely. Why? I think... Uh, <laughs> Being, being as I am a lovely milkman, I deliver most of my stuff during the night time. Oh, you're the milkman you're that doesn't wash his hands after doing a wee? Oh, just don't tell everybody. OK. They all know now. Yes. Well, because I go out in the dark, yeah. the amount of people, amount of cyclists I see without any lights, front and back, is staggering, really. And they're not just on side roads, they're in the middle of the sort of main roads as well. And you, have you got them, and then you got them... Um, as one as your presenter calls them, the, the light-clad louts as well. They sort of think they, they own the road. And when what is this about? When, when did everybody who rides a bicycle stop wearing bicycle clips and start wearing lycra? I don't know. I think they think they look good. They don't look good. A big no, fat they do bum squeeze into that light crack. I can see. I can see all kinds of things popping out. I don't no, want to no, see. No, Very no. Up- But but Stephen, you, you you'll know as well that there are bad drivers who drive badly and who don't put their lights on and uh, who jump red lights oh yes definitely there are i mean i'm not i'm not saying that all cyclists are bad they are there are some good ones out there and you know i, I have met come up to these groups of them and they have moved across to their only single file but i don't know i, I think it'd be a good idea if they get more people in on their bike because that'll go on to your other subjects or get into the fat kids as well well it would you, it, it would get rid of the fat kids and i do think as well that we need listen if i want to drive a car i've got to take loads of tests loads of uh, lessons sorry and have a really tough test i'm not saying yeah. that cyclists should have such a strict test but they should they should be taught you could get a bike you can go and get a boris bike in london or go and bike buy a bike 50 quid in any shop uh, and you can go on the road, whether you know what the right road signs mean, whether you know the rules of the road, who's supposed to let who out. You don't need to know those things. If you're on the bike, they think they own the road, so they don't need to know that. But I agree with you, yes, if they should be a test. Like, like you say, in good old days, with a cycle and proficiency badge. Stephen, thank you very much indeed. 
People are going to think I'm on an anti-cycling rant. I'm not. There's a slight arrogance about cyclists, I think. But I'm, I'm kind of becoming one of those arrogant cyclists. Every time you kiss me, I'm still not certain that you love me. Every time you hold me, I'm still not certain that you care. Oh, you keep on saying you really, really, really love me. Do you speak the same words to someone else when I'm not there? Suspicion torments my heart. Suspicion keeps us apart. Suspicion. Why torture me? Every time you call me and tell me we should meet tomorrow I can't help but think that you're meeting someone else tonight Why should our romance just keep on causing me such sorrow? Why am I so doubtful whenever you are out of Suspicion torments my heart Suspicion keeps us apart Suspicion, why torture me? Darling, if you love me, I beg you, wait a little longer Wait until I drive all these foolish fears out of my mind How I hope and pray that our love will keep on growing stronger Maybe I'm suspicious cause true love is so hard to find Suspicion torments my heart Suspicion keeps us apart Suspicion, why torture me? Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 455 555. Who's to blame for fat kids? Whose fault is it? Well, there's been a fourfold increase in the number of children admitted to hospital for obesity-related conditions in the last decade. More than one in five children aged 10 or 11 are obese in parts of beds, hearts and bucks. And overall, the UK has the highest rate of child obesity in Western Europe. Well, Adele is from Buckinghamshire. She put her children on a healthy lifestyle programme for 7 to 13-year-olds after they became conscious of their weight. Morning, Adele. Morning. How old were your kids when they, they started to notice they were getting a little overweight well they it sort of shocked me because they they were about seven and nine and they started saying that they wouldn't wear their swimsuits out in front of their friends and i was a bit shocked that it was so young that they noticed things like that how how big were they oh, they weren't they weren't massive they had little tummies on them and you know it was just a little puppy fat it wasn't even anything i was worried about i just thought well you know they'll grow out of it would they be classed as would they have been classed as obese well ironically when they said they were starting to worry i looked on the internet and sort of looked into these things and i found this program and when i rung up they actually said and i told them the weight and everything they said well you'll be glad to know you'll be accepted because they are obese I was like, what <laughs> so that you know the level is quite is quite low but um it was you know they 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 had they had hit it and i hadn't even really sort of worried about it really uh, Adele, I'm going to ask you a personal question. Please don't be offended. Are, are you fat? <laughs> no, I'm not. Like 
called women, we'd like to think so, but I would I hope to say no. Can, can, I, can, I ask, can I ask how much you weigh? Um, I weigh nine and a half stone. And how tall are you? I'm just over five foot. Is that, I don't know what, is that... Um, no, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider someone okay. fat, I would consider I would like to lose about a stone. <laughs> okay, okay, but they, it was your kids that came to you yes, and, and said they were, yeah. they were concerned. Yeah, yeah, they just, we were on holiday, and my older one is quite, quite skinny, and um, the other two said uh, they wouldn't, you know, they didn't want to wear their bikini, it was, it was a bikini outfit, the second one said, and um she said, no, I just feel really fat. And I was like, no, come on, you're not. Well, where did that come from? That couldn't have come from them. Was it coming from other people, what, what people had said to them? Uh, but it, I, I don't know, to be quite honest, where it came from. I think it was just them, you know, they see on telly, everybody's skinny. They just felt conscious of it. And I just thought, right, we're going to sort this out because I'm not having them growing up feeling like this and in fairness now they really did the program was fantastic what is this pro this this is this is mend isn't it yes it is it's run by the government i just got onto i had heard about it and i just got onto the internet and i rung them and they were fantastic and it was just about rethinking how you are because i thought to myself you know what if my kids are conscious of their weight this is not their fault at this stage this is my fault i'm doing something wrong here adele can i say well done to you for taking responsibility, because there will be people saying, well, it, it's, not my, it's not my fault my kids are fat. I, I really believe it is the fault of the parents, because you're the ones that are feeding them. Absolutely. Oh, well done, you. Absolutely, but it was a fr- a frightening when you go on to the course, and some of the parents were just like, oh, well, it's their fault, and it, it's not. It was absolutely my fault. I was doing all the wrong things. What, what were you doing? What did the course tell you you were doing wrong, and, and what did it suggest you change? The main thing I learned, and I would say to everybody, is I was rewarding with food if you did well oh great come on there you go let's go and get a bar of chocolate let's go and get an ice cream or anything that they did well my training had always been oh come on we go and get a treat we go get an ice cream and the whole course taught me that you don't reward like that kids actually don't need food to reward all they're looking for is time with you to do things so my kids now it's it's more sort of oh mom great oh you know if we do that well can you come on the trampoline with us can you do this can we do that can we go oh god you've not got to go on a trampoline with them have you (laughs) oh that's one of the the thing i don't know how old you are adele i just turned 40 i've got three-year-old and a 16 month old where where do they get that energy from it's constant daddy let's go on the swings daddy let's go on the climb oh please just go and do it yourself i need to sit down i know it is but ironically i mean i I keep quite fit i run a lot i run every day and i exercise every day and i actually felt quite guilty because i was conscious that i didn't my mum is is very overweight and i was very conscious that i would never ever happen to me you know that because it's absolutely affected her whole life and i was very conscious to keep myself fit and then i felt really guilty because I thought, I presumed that the kids were doing enough exercise at, at school and things. I never actually forced them to do it. Now, I do. It is part of it. It's the one thing I don't allow that they don't do. They have to do some exercise. You want, you want an ice cream? Fine. Come on, we'll get out of the trampoline for half an hour. And they had to understand that whatever they did in life, they had to exercise to balance out what they were eating. Because they were sitting on Xboxes and Nintendos, and I was out exercising. 
So, you know, I think... And, and the thing is, I, listen, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with, with video games in moderation, but kids at seven and nine, they do have an energy and they, they kind of just get out of the habit exactly. of running around and playing football and playing yeah. tennis and doing these things. And it's, you, you're right to encourage them to do that. Exactly. And, like, we were on holiday and they were sitting in the villa. So, you know, I'm not going out past me my Nintendo. And they were sitting playing against each other on Nintendo. And I said, right off they're off out into the pool we're going to play and it did require me to actually get up off my you know my lounger and play volleyball in the water and that but do you know what it was better for me as well we have more time doing things and the men's program was brilliant it got us outdoors it got us out exercising and it trained me how to reward my kids without you adele i'm going to let you go just because the line's breaking up i think you got your point across and uh, i agree uh, my tongue is slightly in my cheek. Yes, it is exhausting having two young boys. Of course it is. And part of me, after, you know, doing this nonsense for a few hours, it's like, oh, I just want to sit down. But going out and kicking a ball around or playing pirates in the park or whatever it is, is great for the kids because they keep fit and they, they don't get tubby. And it's great for you because you get to hang out and play pirates, which is great fun. And well done, Adele. The, the question this morning is, whose fault is it? Whose responsibility is it that we have obese children? I, I do think it's with the parents. And Adele put her hand up and said, yeah, I was doing the wrong things. Well, do you agree with that? Do you think it's the fault of the parents? Who's to blame for obese kids? 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, Adam, yes. Adam. I got in trouble yesterday on the internet. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you know um, I had as my picture on Twitter, Liam Dutton. I did notice this, yeah, yes. Because some but Liam Dutton is uh, the gentleman who does the weather, used to it for BBC, does it for Channel 4 mm. now. And I've had people say to me, oh, you look like Liam Dutton, you two look similar. Right. And apart from the fact that, that he's black and I'm white, that there are similarities. Yeah, I guess so. And so I had um, Liam Dutton as my picture on Twitter, right? Liam Dutton found out, <laughs> right? He didn't take it in the good-humoured way that I was expecting. Oh. He wrote, he said, oh, so you got my picture. I said, oh, yeah, I hope you don't mind. If it's a problem, I'll take it down. He replied, I don't mind for a day, but if you could change it thereafter. P.S. No tweeting about the weather. <laughs> oh! Oh. Liam Dutton owned me on the internet. Oh, man. I've gone right off him a little bit now. <laughs> I do, I, a little bit. I think, oh, I have a sense of humour, mate. It's oh, Twitter. Yes. Right. He's, not, he's not a mate of yours, is he? No, he's not. OK, he's let's not. let's have the travel now, shall okay. we? OK. A41 through Waddesdon, there's some roadworks at the minute around the junction with Silk Street, so they've put some temporary traffic lights up there, hoping to have the works finished later through today. The A413 in Gerrard's Cross, a lane closed for works between the Kingsway and the A40. That'll get busy later this morning because it has done all this week. Uh, Amersham and Station Road, the A416, temporary lights for electricity work as you go past London Road West. Major routes looking fine. We've still got no M25 delays. Uh, the M40. M1 looking clear on the cameras and on the trains, well I'm afraid we've got one cancellation on the departure boards, the 6.55 from Milton Keynes down to Euston. It was a service coming down from Coventry and that's cancelled because a member of the train crew was unavailable. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much Adam. 6.31, News and Sport with Catherine Boyle, not Liam Dutton. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. The headlines. There's been a fourfold increase in the number of children admitted to hospital for obesity-related conditions over the last 10 years. A cross-party group of senior politicians is calling for the British security services to be given greater powers to monitor the internet. And one of three men charged with murder following the death of a man attacked outside the Milton Keynes escape in January is due to appear at Luton Crown Court later today. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
England's cricketers must beat New Zealand on Sunday to reach the semi-finals of the Champions Trophy after a seven-wicket defeat to Sri Lanka at the Oval last night. Kumar Sangakkara's 134 not out helped Sri Lanka to their target of 294 with 17 balls to spare. Russell Fuller reports. Half centuries from Cook, Trot and Root gave England an excellent platform and even after the innings abruptly lost momentum when four wickets fell for five runs between the 46 and the 48th overs, Ravi Bapara ensured England posted a tough target by plundering 28 runs from the final over. But Kumar Sangakkara played a masterful innings full of wristy pulls, cuts and flicks to record a 15th one-day century. In golf, Luke Donald's the leader at the US Open at four under par, but still has five holes to play of his first round due to weather delays at the Merrion course near Philadelphia. Reporting from the course is our golf correspondent, Ian Carter. Donald is a notoriously slow starter in majors, but the Englishman bucked that trend with three birdies in a row before darkness fell last night. Now his challenge is to preserve his advantage over the toughest stretch of holes on the course. There'll be no respite when he resumes on the 14th tee. A similar scenario faces Tiger Woods, who's struggling with a sore left wrist and inconsistent putting and is at two over par. Andy Murray's through to the corner finals at Queen's after back-to-back wins yesterday. He beat Nikola Mau and Marinko Matosovic to set up last eight match with Benjamin Becker later today. Meanwhile here, Wellens Gosling Tennis Club held a special send-off last night for their players heading for Wimbledon in the next couple of weeks. Ed Corrie, Dave Rice, Dan Cox, Josh Sapwell and Lewis Roskilly will be playing in the seniors, singles, doubles and juniors competitions. And that's your latest news and sport. More from me at seven. You all right? Uh, <clears throat> yeah. I suppose so. Is that where the man upset you? Yeah. You do look a bit like him. He just, I just thought, I have a sense, I do look a bit like Liam Dutton. I just thought, I have a little sense of humour. I've just used your picture on Twitter. Don't, don't be all stroppy about it, Liam. He's trying to make a name for himself. Well, he's got one, Liam. And Dutton. But, you know, he's trying to own that image. You know, his own face. <laughs> <laughs> How precious. <laughs> Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I do. (laughs) It has annoyed me a little bit. I'm sure Liam Dutton is a lovely, lovely gentleman. I'm sure he's a wonderful human being. I do just think, oh, come on, mate, get a grip. Deary me. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, Are cyclists uh, uh, a menace on the roads? Would you like to see more of them? 08459 455 555. I'm gently becoming a cyclist, although it's hard work. It re- I've never had such pain- painful buttocks. And this is literally just riding a mile to the shops and back. I'm so unfit. It's awful. And also coming up before 7 o'clock, Nanny Eileen. Nanny Eileen with the BBC introducing track that I think is quite tasty. I think he's not too bad at all. Now, health experts have claimed the NHS could save more than a billion pounds every year if the government matched Dutch levels of spending on cycling provision. Here, nearly a million pounds has been spent on an off-road cycleway linking Luton with Harpenden. A million pounds? But are people using it, or are cyclists sticking to using our main roads instead? Well, Chris Garrison from Trek Bicycles in Milton Keynes would welcome more cyclists on our road, but she appreciates that not everyone feels the same. Essentially, whenever th- this, this debate comes up, the anti-cyclist group always raises the same set of objections, both of which are not factual or logical and aren't applied to other non-motorised road users. One is the myth of road tax and the other is red light jumping. And here's what some of you do feel about cyclists. They've only got, what's it, two, two wheels, but uh, they seem to take a lot of the road up. Obviously, it's good for the environment, isn't it, really? Keeping the, what's it, emissions down and all that. But, yeah, they are a pain in the backside. Some ignore highway code. 
Just do what they want. Jump lights, main one. Try and go up the inside of you. Can't see them, blind spots. To take off the road up, you're all right in a car, because you can get round them easy enough, but when you're in one of these trucks, you can struggle. This should have more respect for wagon drivers. 08459 455 555. Are cyclists a menace on our roads? Uh, well, Ernie, are cyclists a menace? Yeah, I believe they are. Why is that? Uh, well, for a start, they don't have to have insurance like all other road users do. Uh, and if they do cause an accident, what are we supposed to do? Sue them personally for any any loss of uh, earnings or stuff like that? Uh, th- I guess you probably could sue them, couldn't you? I don't know yeah. what the outcome would uh, would be if there was an, an accident. But they're not going to necessarily cause the big damage that crashing into uh, another car is going to cause, is it? Well, it can do, because you could swerve and hit, hit a car head-on or anything like that. Do, do, do you not think, though, that cyclists get a bit of a, a hard time? Yes, there are cyclists that jump red lights, and there are cyclists that are complete idiots, but there are also drivers that are idiots and break the law. I quite agree, absolutely. Um, but it, I, when you go down a country lane and you come across cyclists riding two abreast, or three abreast, and they will not get out of your way... I mean, it's so frustrating. Oh, the two abreast thing annoys me, and they yeah. get short shrift. They get they get a toot on the horn for that. Yeah, and then they turn around and give you the finger. Well, I turn around and give them two fingers, and then, and then we're then we're in trouble. That's how world wars start. Ernie, thank you very much indeed. If you're a cyclist and you want to phone up and uh, defend, the thing is, we won't we won't get a cyclist that phones up and says, "Yeah, oh yeah, you know, I jumped the red light. Why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't I?" Maybe you think cyclists should be slightly above the law. And should be able to to jump through red lights. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Jesse J. Would have thought it.
This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 455 555. You can also go to the Facebook page to talk about cycling. I'll give out the Facebook page address in a few minutes. But first, thieves have caused more than £4,000 worth of damage to a hospice shop in Bedfordshire. The break-in follows two arson attacks on the Keech Hospice Shop in Kempston last year. Well, Jane Glean is Bedfordshire retail manager for Keech Hospice. Jane, what, what happened? Um, basically, um, the, um, of the break-in and at the back door, um, sorry, I'm still quite distressed, but at the back door, um, they just smashed through the locked door and although they didn't take very much money, it was £4,000 worth of damage to, um, the shop. So it obviously affected the, um, shop manager, but also the volunteers too. And it has upset you, hasn't it? It has upset us because we take pride in the fact that we're raising um, funds for a really good charity and we're trying to, um, you know, the, the money that we're raising is trying to offer people emotional support and um, to, in, you know, to improve their um, life-limiting conditions, really. So well, listen, I, I, my, my dad passed away recently and he spent a lot of time in, in a hospice and you kind of have to wonder, why would anybody target a place that's raising money for, for people who, you know, for, to make people who are dying and their families a bit more comfortable. No, absolutely, and none of us can understand that. And I think the only thing um, between us, we're all so passionate about the charity that um, we just need to get on and continue to raise the money, so we just want the local community to be behind us. Now, this happened. did this happen at night time? So there was no, no members of staff or anybody were there? So everybody's physically OK? Yeah, everybody everybody is physically okay. Um, you know, it was at night time. It was after the shop was locked up, um, but it was obviously distressing for the shop manager and the team to come in in the morning and find, um, you know, somebody coming with a crowbar, basically. And what did they take, Jane? Um, well, they didn't take very much um, in the way of money. We're we're very good from a point that we secure everything away, um, but we do have um, collection pots that are left at the till, so people give their loose change, or sometimes they donate notes, um, and that those are the items that were taken. So they took the collection lots, tubs at the till? They did, yeah, that's what they took. So it's obviously the first thing that they could find and knew there was money, but yeah, that, that, that sickened us, I have to say. It's pretty low, you know, you... Uh... The shop has been targeted before as well with arson attacks. Oh. Why, do, why do you think uh, a, a place raising money for a hospice is being targeted? It, well, it makes absolutely no sense to us. The only thing I could possibly think is that um, there have been previous items on the news to say that sometimes charities are not particularly secure, um, but we do pride ourselves in the fact that we make sure that all our monies are um, locked away. So... That's the only thing that I can think is that I think maybe it's a bit of a soft touch, but it's very low. Uh, and is the shop up and running again, or when do you hope to be oh, open? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. the next morning, um, I mean, tracing the team, absolutely fantastic. And we um, made sure that once the back door was secure, then we were up and trading again. And, you know, we won't let this deter us. But as I say, we just want to make sure that the community continues to support so us. Just so t- just tell people exactly where you are, Jane, so that people can come down and, and maybe give a few quid or buy, buy a Leo Sayer okay, record. We're actually in a high street in Kempston. Um, we're virtually opposite Sainsbury's. Um, I mean, the people that know us, we've got quite a lot of um, stock outside the shop, so you can't really miss us. But we have also got 26 other shops. So um, we're in and around Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire and Milton Keynes. So please... Please do support us. Jane, I, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly speechless because of what has happened there, but listen, I wish you the best of luck and well done for getting things back up and running. They broke into a hospice shop 
and nick the pots by the till where people put in their loose change? Really? Flipping heck. Travel news for beds, hards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still pretty quiet out there. We haven't got too many problems going on at the minute. M40's running completely clear. Looks like it's actually quite clear from Oxford all the way down to London. So if you're joining the motorway, you shouldn't have too much trouble. M25 running well even through the roadwork section, which is always a pleasant surprise at this time in the morning. And the M1 on the cameras is looking fine as well, even as you go past Luton Airport at Junction 10. Roadworks in Tring got some works down the Tring Road, the B4009 at Stamford and the B658 closed off for works at South Hill Road. Looking through Bedford at the moment, all clear on the A6 and in St Albans the A1081 is looking pretty decent too. On the train departure boards we've got that one cancellation, the 655 service from Milton Keynes down to Euston. Everything else though running to time. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. So Liam Dutton's really annoyed with me. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Right, 6.47, uh, it's, uh, where are we now? Friday, oh, the 14th of June, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The number of British children admitted to hospital for obesity-related conditions has quadrupled in the last decade. A cross-party group of senior politicians is calling for the British security services to be given greater powers to monitor the internet. In sport, England's Luke Donald leads the US Open at four under par, but still has five holes to play of his first round due to weather delays at the Merrion course near Philadelphia. Coming up, highlight of the week for me, Nanny Eileen gets to review the BBC introducing track. But before that, let's get the latest weather with Sarah Thornton. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks very much indeed. We start with temperatures up near double figures in some of the towns, but still in single figures around six or seven degrees in some spots across Beds, Hearts and Bucks. And a lot of dry weather at the moment. We could see a few showers just coming through uh, during this morning, but uh, on the whole uh, we're looking at a bright and breezy day. Certainly through this afternoon, the showers will have cleared away and uh, we'll have some sunny breaks in the cloud here and there. When we do have them, in the best of them, it could feel quite pleasant actually, up to around uh, 18 or 19 Celsius. So quite warm, uh, but we will see the winds picking up too. As I say, it will be breezy. A fairly pleasant evening, I think, to come. Could break out those barbecues, and then we'll be dry through a good deal of the night, but by about dawn tomorrow, we've got some rain to sweep in from the west, and that'll clear off towards the east quite nicely, but it'll keep temperatures up in double figures. So not an especially cold start tomorrow, uh, a fairly damp one at first, but it clears away nicely, and then some sunny spells and a few scattered showers across uh, the three counties through the day tomorrow. Again, highs of around 19 Celsius in the best of the bright weather and we start dry on Sunday some good sunny spells at times uh, but we'll see some rain by the end of the day so a very very usable weekend as we would say Ian uh, across the three counties. Would, would A usable weekend? Yeah. I've not heard that. that phrase before. Oh right okay. No, what, no. It means, it's nonsense isn't it? It's nonsense. It is a little bit isn't it? But I'm, <laughs> I'm no no so I'm going to start using that and, and introducing it into the lexicon. Well it's just where I live in the uh, Chilterns I was slightly concerned about uh, the fates. We've got a load of fates tomorrow. I'm doing like a fate round well, don't don't be don't be concerned, Chilterns. It's it's fairly usable weather. Is that all right? Exactly. Speak to you later on. Ta ta. 
tackling your consumer problems. Sylvie wasn't happy with the quality of her telephone line. Kate's having problems with her leaky garage roof. The JVS Show. Five times they've not turned up for the appointment. I've still got the leak, which is obviously getting worse. Fighting for your rights. I went to speak to your telephone company and I said, look, what on earth is going on? The JVS Show. Have they managed to fix the problem with the internet? Yeah, it's fantastic. Absolutely wonderful. It could not, well, it would not have happened without your intervention. If you have a consumer problem, we can do the same for you. It took one phone call from yourselves, whereas I've been trying for over six months. The JVS Show, weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. I do hope that today Jonathan is tackling the um, uh, lady who had a dog carer for a week to look after her epileptic dog and the couple where they opened a tub of paint and the bottom fell out. That I, I, I'm curious to find out what happened. I've had an email from Ian the Trucker. We just spoke about a, a hospice charity shop that was broken into. Ian says, I work for a charity. It's a constant battle to stop thieves from stealing donated clothes from textile collection banks. Those are those big, big metal things, are they? That, that look like uh, huge bins and you pop the clothes in. People go and steal the clothes from there. Deary, deary me. Well, listen, the highlight of my week is um, is Friday at nine o'clock when I get to go home and not... No, I'm joking. The highlight of my week is speaking to this young lady, Nanny Eileen. Good morning, Nanny Eileen. Good morning. It's a pleasure to talk to you. I hear, hear rumours. You had a bit of a late one last night. Yes, I did, actually. You, were you having it large? Um, I went to my drumming circle and then I heard that there was this brilliant um, film on Tuesday about stars and what? I put it on iPlayer. And I sat up to half past one watching. Oh, for goodness sakes, woman. You've had hardly... A film about stars? Yes. Do you mean stars in the sky or celebrities? stars in the sky. Oh, my goodness gracious me. Were you stoned or something, Nanny Eileen? Were you stoned or something? Did did the drumming circles and films about stars till half past one in the morning? Yes. You're living the dream. (laughs) We've got to get your drumming circle in one morning, I think. (laughs) No, I'm serious. We have to get... You know we have a bit of Friday, uh, a bit of music on a Friday. Yes. Uh, We should get you in one Friday. We'll do some drumming. You're... You, you and your circle. That would be um, quite interesting, actually. <laughs> now, is that is uh, what, are you giving me a little fob off there? Is that uh, the, is yeah, that the brush off? Just gently. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just gently. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we shall do. We'll take that no further. Now, listen. Yes. Um, uh, uh, we, every week you come on and you review the BBC introducing tracks. Some have been brilliant. Some have been a bit ropey. Yes. They have been. Yes. The person who's responsible for that. Yes. Kelly Betts. Good morning, Kelly Betts. Good morning. Now, listen. Hiya. You yes, I don't want an attitude from you, young lady. She's only she's only a teenager, <laughs> Nelly Island. Some of the, the the music you get for us, Kelly Betts, has been a little bit ropey. I think it's all brilliant. Everyone's oh. tastes are just different. Well, everyone's tastes are... Th- some of these bands, basically, uh, the, the way the BBC Introducing works is it's it's local unsigned bands from Beds, Hearts and Bucks. Some of them are excellent. Some of them I can see why they're unsigned. They're progressing. And we're getting them right from the very bottom. <laughs> who have we got this week, Kelly? But tell us who we've got. It's Aurelia Sky. Right, and what's the their song? Duo from the... it's called Stone Walls. Okay, and uh, where are they from? Milton Keynes. Mm-hmm. Is this mm, mm-hmm. is this is there a, a thriving music scene in Milton Keynes? Yes, yeah, good one over there. Okay, well, is this song going to be any good? Yes, of course it is. Okay, we'll have a listen, Nanny Island. We'll speak to you after this. Okay, cheers, okay. Madis. Didn't realize that they'd leave me soon 
Sky from Milton Keynes. Nanny Island, what did you think? I enjoyed that. A slight hesitancy in your voice. Um, I couldn't understand all her words. Yes. Her, um, whether it was because it was coming down the phone, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I loved the beat. Good beat. I, yes, a very good beat. I loved the music. Nice upright bass sound it in there. Really, really was. Um, I wish that I could have heard the, wor- the words more clearly. But I did enjoy it. Mark's out of ten, Nanny Iron. Eight. Right. Oh, I'm good. Well, I'm good. Do you know what? I'm going to usurp you this week. Yes. I'm giving that a ten. I thought that was the best thing we've ever played. Really? I thought she sounded like American country singer Alison yes. Krauss. Yes, yes, I'll give you that. That was my, that was my sound, yes, that was. It was just that I, I, I enjoyed the sound. Yes, yes. but you, you struggled with the words. I struggled with the words. I would have liked to have heard the words. Well, that was uh, Aurelia. Aurelia, that's how you say it. Sky from Milton really? Keynes. And I enjoyed that. You can hear that again on BBC Introducing tomorrow. Oh, what are you doing this weekend, Nanny Eileen? Um, not a lot, because I've done so much this week. Yeah. I went out and um, did a badger watch on Wednesday night. Did you see any badgers? I saw 11. 
Really? Yes. I've, I've, never see, I've never seen a live badger before. Neither did I before. I was like an excited child. Oh, fantastic. Oh, there was a whole family there with the little ones and one with a bear bum. Oh, they were gorgeous. A bear bum? A bear yes. bum badger? Yes. There we go. Now, Nanny, listen, we have to go. Have a lovely yes. weekend, my dear, and, and I'll you, speak to you soon. And you, Take bye. care. There we go. I enjoyed that song. I thought that was cracking. I'll have more of that, please. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. A5, through Fanny Stratford, as you come up to all the Little Chef roundabout, they're still doing those long-term works. They're going to be adding traffic lights there. Ravens Road through Berkhamstead. Temporary lights are up at the minute around Millfield for roadworks. They're hoping to have them finished later today, so they should be gone later. If you're driving down toward London, most of the major routes still looking clear. Speed sensor's not picking up any problems at the minute, and the camera's not showing delays. So the A1M is looking good as you go through the Hatfield Tunnel down toward the M25. No M1 problems. M40 still looking pretty empty and even the A41 is looking good as you come down from Berkhamstead toward the M25 and no M25 delays yet roadwork section looking clear A1 into London now that is starting to slow up you've got the usual build up of traffic on the southbound side from Stirling Corner down toward Mill Hill Circus trains and tubes running fine Adam Glynn BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you Adam Fat kids whose fault is it? Surely it has to lie with the parents doesn't it? And cyclists, do you embrace them or are they a menace on our roads? We'll talk about that and more after the news and sport with Catherine Boyle. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, it's seven o'clock. The headlines, childhood obesity quadruples, Army Chief warns against spending cuts and Luke Donald leads at the US Open. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's been a fourfold increase in the number of children admitted to hospital for obesity-related conditions over the last ten years. In the Three Counties, Luton has the highest number of children registered obese by a GP at 22%. Hertfordshire has the area's lowest level of, of obesity at 14%. Adele from Buckinghamshire addressed her seven and nine-year-old's weight worries with the help of the government's MEND programme. It was absolutely my fault. I was doing all the wrong things. I was rewarding with food. If you did well, oh great, come on, there you go, let's go and get a bar of chocolate, let's go and get an ice cream, or anything that they did well, my training had always been, oh come on, we go and get a treat. A man accused of assaulting a man who later died outside the escape in Milton Keynes will appear at Luton Crown Court later. 25-year-old Samir Boston's been charged with the manslaughter of Joseph Kent, who died from head injuries two days after the alleged assault in January. Two other men accused of actual bodily harm against Mr Kent are due to stand trial next month. The case of a couple from Dunstable accused of selling fake bomb and drug detectors to governments around the world is coming to an end at the Old Bailey. Samuel Tree and his wife Joan made the devices at their home in Houghton Road, but defending Barrister Graham Brody QC says it's ludicrous to suggest that in middle age they'd turn to a life of crime. The head of the army has warned that any further spending cuts risk damaging its competence and could become quite dangerous quite quickly. The comments from the Chief of the General Staff, General Sir Peter Wall, come as the Ministry of Defence faces pressure to deliver its share of savings in the current Treasury review. The Health Secretary Jeremy Hunt has said that surgeons who refuse to publish data about the results of their operation should be publicly named. Here's our health correspondent, Adam Brimelow. In an effort to promote transparency and raise standards, Results for nine surgical specialties and cardiology will be posted on the NHS Choices website from next month. But data protection law requires the surgeon's consent before publication, prompting fears those with most to hide will opt out. 
Jeremy Hunt says there can be no valid reason for this as long as the data has been properly risk-adjusted to reflect the patients treated. He's planning to publicly name those who won't consent. But the RCS says there's a risk of mistakes damaging confidence in the whole process. A man from South Yorkshire who was arrested for defacing a, page, a portrait of the Queen at Westminster Abbey yesterday has been charged with causing criminal damage put at more than £5,000. 41-year-old Tim Harries, an electrician from Doncaster, is due to appear before magistrates in London later this morning. In sport, Luke Donald leads golf's US Open at the Merrion Course near Philadelphia, but weather delays means he's yet to complete his opening round. Donald will resume today at four under par after 13 holes. He's a shot clear of Phil Mickelson and Adam Scott, who carded rounds of 67. The weather, sunshine and showers with a top temperature of 19 degrees Celsius, that's 66 Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. What a busy show we have. Do you want to know what's coming up? Well, I'm going to tell you whether you want to know or not, and hopefully you'll... You'll be interested enough to stick around. Are cyclists a menace on our roads? We could be seeing more of them if health experts get their way. And it could, if we get more cyclists on the road, it could save the NHS a billion pounds a year. Well, what do you think? Do you embrace cyclists? What do you think they're a pain in the backside? Are cyclists a menace on our roads? There's been a fourfold increase in the number of children admitted to hospital for obesity-related conditions in the last decade. Well, who's to blame for obese kids? And as Dale Cregan gets sentenced to life in prison, we'll find out the latest on that story. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or you can give me a phone call, 08459 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Right now, cyclists. We're talking about cycling this morning. Are there menace on our roads? We'd see more of them if health experts get their way. They say that the NHS could save more than a billion pounds every year if the government was to match Dutch levels of spending on cycle provision. Well, here, nearly a million pounds has been spent on an off-road cycle uh, way between Luton and Harpenden. But is that a good use of money? Well, our reporter, Justin Dealey, has been getting reaction. Justin, I, I, I bet you've never been on a bicycle, have you? Um, I have. I have uh, many, many years ago. I did my uh, cycle proficiency test. It's it's a tongue twister, isn't it? But I did that years ago. That was great fun. And I can't remember the last time I spoke to anybody who said they'd done one of those tests before. Well, apparently you can still do them in a couple of schools. I don't know if it's, if it's everywhere. But why a couple? It was great fun, and I learned something. What's going on? It's a bit strange to me. There's a story happening in the background, Justin. (laughs) I've got to go, I've got to go. But um, not much support for cyclists at all. I've been asking motorists and lorry drivers whether cyclists are a menace on our roads, and here's a reminder of what they had to say. Yeah, they certainly are, yeah. They've only got, what's it, two, two wheels, but uh, they seem to take a lot of the road up. Obviously, it's good for the environment, isn't it, really? Keeping the, what's it, emissions down and all that. But, yeah, they are a pain in the backside. Some are, some aren't. Some ignored highway code. Just do what they want. Jump lights, main one. Try and go up the inside of you. Can't see them, blind spots. And when you see them jumping lights, does that infuriate you? No, I just think they're idiots. Total idiots. Yes, they are, because to take off the road up, you're all right in a car, because you can get round them easy enough, but when you're in one of these trucks, you can struggle. I mean, should they be taken off the road full stop? I wouldn't say taken off, but they should have more respect for wagon drivers. 
Do you feel happy? If you never saw a cyclist again, would that make you feel happy? Oh, yeah, we had a doubt. Well, that's uh, motorists, Justin. Did you manage to find any cyclists and get their opinion? I did. A number of them this morning won't talk to me on the record. They said, oh, here we go again. You're just going to have a go at us. Well, that's not actually the case. The reason I'm here talking to you... What is this attitude? We've had this from a few of the sites. I'm having a row with a guy on Twitter. What is this attitude? I've got no idea. I said, I'm not here to do that. I'm here to get your views. That's why I'm here. I'm not going to have a go at you. I want to get your reaction about what motorists and lorry drivers are saying about you. However, I did speak to one cyclist, that being Rob in Lucem. I spoke to him at ten minutes ago, and here's what he had to say. Well, Rob, I've been talking to some motorists who would describe cyclists as, as idiots. Are you a menace on our roads? No, I don't think I'm a menace, no. I'm fairly careful. So, uh, I think there is there are irresponsible cyclists, but, um, you know, there are irresponsible drivers as well. It's I, I don't see that um, being in a car or being on a bicycle sort of... Um, divides us really would you honestly feel safe on the roads on your no, bike no i don't why do you do it um it's just what i'm used to I, w- I, w- I wouldn't recommend it to other people to be honest people have asked me in the past you know uh, other places i've worked oh you know how how you know what, what would you say if, if i was going to ride a bike and i would say don't see i find that incredible just lastly what, what would you say to to some motorists who abuse you because they clearly do that we hear stories from cyclists all the time yeah. what's your message to them this morning just, just kind of think twice, really, because I mean, when when people do that, it, it does it does annoy you, and, it, and I know people get irrational when they get angry, and uh, I, it happens to me as well. You know, just I think we all need to calm down, really. Well, Justin, thank you for that. We're joined now by Rona Whiteman, who is a cyclist who lives in St Albans, uh, and also Adam Rayner, who's a motoring, motoring journalist from Watford. Good morning to both of you. Good morning, Adam. We'll start with you. Are cyclists a menace on our roads? Um, I'm kind of with the uh, the antis on that. It's uh, it's not just a menace, but it's an absolute terror for me as well. The, uh, my opinion, I'm I'm kind of like the oil and water, and I'm I'm on the record so often having a, a bit of an anti here. There's even some blog on the internet having a right old go at me, largely for being such a fat and corpulent anti. But uh, yeah, personally, I, I wouldn't be at all upset if I never had to meet Moon Monkey on two wheels out there ever again. Why are you so anti-cycling? Well, it's it's not just the sort of the scofflaw thing that some of them do, and the fact that they vary from some idiot child on a BMX through to the uh, self-righteous person in the lycra, but it's, it's just the fact that if anything ever happens, the consequences are always so just grotesque for, for the cyclist, and no matter what your feelings are, you can end up with the most horrendous, awful experiences on your lifeline that you have to relive because of somebody else's foolishness or whatever else it is, if you meet them the worst way, the consequences are just just horrible. But is it is it necessarily the cyclist's fault? Quite often, the accidents involving cyclists are because car and lorry drivers are, are driving so badly. Well, yeah, the uh, the oldest sort of statement in the book about it is, "I'm sorry, officer, I just didn't see him." And there have been public information films. The uh, uh, one I grew up with was some bloke in a polo neck um, top moving his hands around. One, think once, think twice, think bonk was how they actually remembered it. Oh. Think bike. Um, but the latest ones are really sort of shockers. It's, uh, you know, there's a chap sort of driving about and it's very tightly cut and he looks up and suddenly blam and it, it really does get you. The, you just didn't see them. But as I say, it's, uh, it's not normally the motorist who's going to suffer. Um, uh, physically, except that, uh, that, as I say, what can happen to cyclists, just any any contact at all. Well, let's, let's, let's speak to, 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 stay there, Adam, let's speak to, to Rona. Rona, you're a menace on our roads. 
I think um, there's a bit of sort of, uh, and perhaps a silent majority and, and almost the unseen majority because I think there's an awful lot of cyclists out there who you're just not seeing because they're not causing any problems. You notice the, the red light runners. Um, the comments that you played earlier about cyclists, um, I totally agree with, but actually an awful lot of them um, describe motoring behaviour as well. So I don't think it's actually um, representative of what's being said, by and large. Rona, you don't drive, you just cycle. Uh, no, I do drive. You do I, drive. I've, I've had a driving licence um, for many, many years. Um, but I don't have a car. Ah. Because I found cycling was a preferable way to get about. Do you feel safe on the roads, Rona? Um, mostly, but not all the time. There are some roads which obviously I do avoid. Um, you, I've, I've had instances, again, in the clips, you have people, um, I've, I've been spat at, I've had things thrown at me, I've had rude words shouted Why have you me. been spat at? Yeah. Why, why, what, what were you doing? <laughs> nothing. Um, there's Come on, Rona, you say you were doing nothing. You must have been doing something to be spat at. Um, no, there's, there's uh, again, a minority. I'm not suggesting that all young men in motor vehicles spit at people, but obviously one or two of them do. Adam, we we often hear, don't we, the argument about cyclists jumping through red lights, but just as many cars do that, don't they? Oh, God, no, no, no. uh, Apart from anything else, we've all got a number plate on the back, and uh, there are these cameras about the place, whether they're static or got somebody at the council sitting up there like a vulture watching you. Um, It's it's just not the same thing. The the scoff law is a term coined in New York for people who ignore parking fines, but... It's something that we could use for cyclists. There's an awful lot of them that simply realise they're simply not going to get penalised and thus absolutely disregard every regulation there is, right up to the point where in some parts of uh, the nation we've got um, situations, certainly in London now and again, where some one-way streets are just, well, whatever, cyclists can go anywhere they like, so why bother even calling it illegal anymore? You can be going up a one-way street and find a bike coming the other way. He, he does make a good point, doesn't he, Rona? That, uh, I saw a, a cyclist going the wrong way up a one-way street last week. And, and uh, cyclists, a lot of cyclists, not you, but a lot of them do think they are above the law. Um, I don't really think there's any justification for that at all, actually. You know, again, you see the, the bike salmon, they're called, and I, I strongly disapprove of that. Um, are you not, but do you not but see it? Not, I, I see it quite a lot. Um, but you're not seeing the hundreds of cyclists that, that aren't doing that. You don't see them doing that, and so you're not taking account of that. So you, you see the transgressors, but you don't see the people who are behaving quite normally, getting on very well in the traffic, um, and not causing any problems at all. And the number of drivers you see running red lights, I would say, is much more than the number of cyclists. Would you really? I, I would, as, as someone who's kind of, I'm, I'm more of a driver than a cyclist, but I do a little bit of both, mm-hmm. I, I, I would say I've seen more cyclists jumping red lights, particularly in big towns. I, I, I don't think it's unique to cycling, and okay. I, I do not support red light, uh, red light jumping. It's, it's a, a nuisance, um, it's dangerous, um, it, it, it isn't necessary, but I certainly see an awful lot of cars coming through and... Um, Mobile phones, of course. Oh, of course. I, well, I've, uh, I've seen cyclists using mobile phones. What about the argument, Rona, that cyclists should be insured? Um, well, very many cyclists are insured. If they belong to a cycling organisation, they do carry uh, some insurance. But cyclists aren't causing 
the problem that they need to be insured for. They really aren't. Well, some of them are, though. Um, I don't... And listen, please don't take this the wrong way. (laughs) Which means I'm going to say something a little bit rude, of course. Uh, But there is... A certain arrogance from some cyclists who, oh, no, no, it's not us, it's not us. But I would, I would be very surprised if there was more than 5% of cyclists who have insurance. Well, it's not something I have any idea about, but um, as I say, it's, it's not um, cyclists and pedestrians who are uh, dishing out the death and injury on the road. It's, it's but they can sometimes be responsible for those accidents by, by pulling out when they're not supposed to, or by jumping red lights. Uh, listen, we're running out of time. Adam, final word to you. Well, um, my main thing is, uh, you know, whatever one thinks of them and so forth, it's, it really comes down to uh, just do try to look out that whole thing, think once, think twice, think bike, it, it does matter. Even in slow traffic, this horrible thing that I witnessed happened in a very, very slow little queue of cars. Um, I ended up phoning my mama, the nurse lady, and saying, asking her what I'd seen, and she said, I'd witnessed somebody being brain damaged, so no matter what, just look out for them, because gosh, I just don't want to meet them the worst way. Uh, Adam Rayner, motoring journalist, and uh, Rona Whiteman, who is a cyclist, thank you very much. Well, you've heard both sides. 08459 455 555. Are cyclists... Uh, a menace. There is a slight, and there is no way of saying this without being rude, so I'm going to say, there is a slight arrogance and sense of superiority from some cyclists. Oh, no, 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 it's it's cars that do it more often than not. I have seen, particularly in London, when I used to work in London, more cyclists jumping red lights than cars. You'd see occasionally cars, sometimes buses, sometimes lorries, but you could be sat at red lights and just have loads of cyclists, boom, 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 going straight through. And I would be very... I, I think I'm being generous as well by saying that 5% of cyclists will have insurance. I don't know any cyclist that's got insurance. 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Things starting to slow up now on the M25 anti-clockwise. You've got traffic getting quite busy from Waltham Abbey at Junction 26 round to Enfield at Junction 25. So that's on the approach to the roadwork section where you've got the 50 mile an hour speed restriction through toward the A1M. It's definitely looking busy as you go past Potter's Bar as well. Then it clears up for a bit before slowing again from roughly Junction 17 at Maple Cross down to 16 at the M40. Routes into and out of London, well at the moment most of them are looking fine. Certainly the M40 and then the A40 is looking pretty clear. There are no delays if you're continuing on the M1 toward London. A little bit slow on the A1, usual queue of traffic starting to build up from Stirling Corner down toward Mill Hill Circus. As for the trains and tubes this morning, we haven't had any major issues and on the departure boards almost everything running to time. We've got one cancellation, I'm afraid. 7.33 service from Hartford North to Moorgate. That's been cancelled because of a member of the train crew being unavailable. There we go. Oh, for goodness sake. I know. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. How can they... He's unavailable. How can they not have someone standing by? Steve, Tony's not turned up. Can you go and do that train? It's all you need. It's obvious, isn't it? bit ranty today, if you notice. A little bit ranty. Uh, morning, it's 7.17. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. There's been a fourfold increase in the number of children admitted to hospital for obesity-related conditions in the last decade. A cross-party group of senior politicians is calling for the British security services to be given greater powers to monitor the internet. 
in sport. England's cricketers must beat New Zealand on Sunday to reach the semi-finals of the Champions Trophy after a seven-wicket defeat to Sri Lanka at the Oval last night. Coming up, Fat Kids, whose fault is it? 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every Saturday morning from nine, we play your favourite musical memories. Chris, we have Helen Shapiro lined up for you. Why Helen Shapiro? She came to our church a couple of years ago to do a gospel concert. Absolute dynamite. Plus the songs you haven't heard for years. I was married in 1969. I believe it came out in 1969. Nickin Hitchin says uh, Justin Wired for sale. What a guilty pleasure. And this weekend... I'll be playing the UK and American charts really? for the 15th of June oh. at 1964 oh, and nice speaking one. to Mark Keegan for complete madness. Super. Justin Dealey. Every wow. Saturday morning from nine wow. on BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, nuts. My microphone is open. That's, that'll be a good listen. Yeah, I'll be listening to that. Justin Dealey's got his own show. Well done, Justin. It really is. Uh, it just proves that anybody can succeed in this industry. Who's to blame for obese kids? There's been a fourfold increase in the number of children admitted to hospital for obesity-related conditions in the last decade. More than one in five children aged 10 or 11 are obese in parts of beds, hearts and bucks. The highest figure, 22%, is in Luton, which is above the national average. Well, Chairman of the Child Growth Foundation and spokesman of the National Obesity Forum, Tam Fry, joins me now. Morning, Tam. Good morning to you. Tam, are you surprised by this? No. Uh, we've been anticipating this kind of thing, perhaps not in quite such big numbers, but uh, it's been on the cards for the last 10 years. We are steadily progressing towards doomsday, uh, and by that I mean that the population of this country will be around uh, 60% overweight and obese by the year 2050. Uh, This was predicted in 2007. The government agreed with the prediction, but has consciously not done very much about it. And we are reaping the rewards of the inaction. It's the fault of the parents, isn't it? The the parents obviously have to take some part of the responsibility. But I'm afraid uh, I'm I'm on the side of the parents. Uh, They have, uh, the majority of them, done very well. But there's a significant number of parents who are really very short on parenting skills. They really don't know how to look after their children or raise their children. Those are the children who we are starting to see in these figures. And uh, until something serious is done about education and schools, about how to raise children, I'm afraid we will continue in this way. But uh, I understand what you're saying, but surely it's obvious that you do not give... If you give kids burgers and chips every single day or if you give uh, you know an eight-year-old the same amount of food that mum and dad are getting they're going to get fat uh, they're going they're, they're going to certainly be putting on weight unless they actually exercise to take it off and that's the other half of the equation uh we have to uh acknowledge and i think it's in the news today that uh, physical activity is on the down we're not getting the kind of uh, olympic legacy which we had all longed for And the other thing is that uh, you have to remember that parents see their children from the moment they come back from school, having sent them off in the morning. What children eat during the period when they're going to and from school is also part of the disaster. Because uh, children are children, they go in with their mates, they eat the biscuits and the ice creams and the sticky stuff. 
uh, on their way back from school at the corner shops, and the parents have no real control over that. What would you say to, to parents, Tam, of, of children who, who may be obese or maybe starting to get obese? I, I would, uh, tough love, I would say you've got to get a grip on these children. Uh, you've got to ensure that you feed them well and that they start to understand that healthy food actually does taste well. You're going to have to ban them from fizzy drinks because fizzy drinks is one of the real killers. There is so much sugar in fizzy drinks that it really is ruinous, not only to the children's health, but also to their teeth. Uh, And you've got to ensure that they exercise. You go on exercise with them. You make them exercise uh, rather than lolling around in their uh, bedrooms watching TV. When you mention the E word, though, people immediately think, oh, tracksuits, oh, gyms, oh, lifting. It's not. When it's kids, it's going down the park. It's going to play football. It's going on that climbing frame. It's going to play tennis. It's all those things that kids naturally enjoy. That is absolutely correct. But uh, unfortunately, there's too few of this, sir. Uh, You may live in an area where there are all these things, but I have to tell you, in the inner cities where, of course, the uh, problem is at its worst, uh, they are sparse. And the problem about uh, where they are is also uh, interesting because they could be uh, half a mile down the road, and parents are very uh, unwilling to let their children go out now because of the car situation, and there is always the lurking uh, strangers' danger, which they worry about. Which, which is a little bit overplayed, isn't it? I, I don't think the number of paedophiles has necessarily uh, increased in the 70s. But, but we were talking about no, laying kids out yesterday, and uh, I can see yeah, why people will be concerned. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And in fact, it's more myth than reality. But unfortunately, it only takes one or two cases yep. to be... Uh, hitting the headlines, and parents, all of them, will reluctantly say, uh, I'm sorry, I'd love to let you go out alone, but I can't. I can't come with you. What happens then? The child goes into the bedroom, plays with the Game Boy, watches television, and doesn't have the kind of activity it should. We're talking about cycling as well today, Tam, and, and, and that has changed. In the 70s, I was allowed off on my bike when I was seven, eight, nine years old. And again, you talk about kids living in inner cities and, and the number of cars on the road increasing. You don't see kids out on their bikes. That is true. And, and uh, it, it, is, it is dangerous. And I mean, particularly, as you know, I'm talking to you from London, uh, where we have a tragic number of cycling accidents um, with, with uh, the inability to have road sense, uh, both on the part of the cyclists, but also on part of the motorists. And again, that hits the headlines. And again, parents say, no, not for you, Johnny. Uh, you will walk. And, of course, uh, walking, we come back to the vicious cycle. You can't let them out on their own. Tam, nice to talk to you again. That's uh, Tam Fry, who is uh, spokesperson of the National Obesity Forum. Whose fault is it for fat kids? I, I kind of have to put it squarely on the parents. Listen, you know, if you give your kids McDonald's or Burger King or KFC every other day, and then you give them a Mars bar, and then they have a sneaky ice cream, they're going to get fat. They're going to get fat. That's how it works. If you start them at a young age, eating fruit and vegetables, guess what? They like fruit and vegetables. If you start them from, from a toddler, oh, look, here's a... Try this, here's a little bit of lettuce. Here's a tomato. Oh, look, here's a... Here's a um, uh, what other things are good for you? I think those are the only things I can remember. Lettuce and tomatoes, that's it. Though there's apples and there's bananas and you give them a bit of kiwi fruit and then you... you try, of course, you, they'll like it. If you introduce them too late, oh, what's that? I don't like it. I don't want to eat that. I don't know what it is. Parents, if you've got fat kids, it's your fault. 
455555. We're asking about cyclists. Are they a menace? Are they? Shirley and Milton Keynes says, Cyclists are a menace on the pavements. I've nearly been hit a few times. Cyclists are a danger to themselves and others. The majority refuse to abide by the rules of the road. Cycling is great for health, etc., but our roads are not designed to cope. Mike in Hart says, Some motorists should be taken off the road. They've no respect for pedestrians, cyclists, and even the road. Uh, and Andy says, if you see a cyclist on the road and you're driving, surely they are classed as a hazard, so you can drive with caution as you pass them. If you can't pass them, then you drive giving enough distance, as the Highway Code explains. They have just as much rights on the road. I think the problem is drivers believe they own the road. Should we look at the front pages? Oh, no! Rupert Murdoch has split up with his wife, who saved his life from a custard pie! Things, things must have been tense since then. It could have drawn them closer together. If anything, it's torn them apart. Rupert Murdoch, the News Corporation boss, Rupert Murdoch, Rupert, Rupert, has filed for divorce from his Chinese-born wife, Wendy Deng, citing irretrievable breakdowns of their marriage and the fact that she's young and hot and he's old and wrinkly. That could be part of it. That may be part of it. Yes, he's a multi-billionaire, but she is young and hot, he is old and wrinkly. Uh, life for worst police killing in a generation. Uh, Dale Cregan lured officers to deaths in case that exposed city's brutal underworld. And here's something. Look, the man who will be king. And exi- uh, no, not, not that. Ignore that. There's the picture of, uh, that, that was vandalised last night of the Queen. Okay? Uh, a man said to have links to Fathers for Justice is arrested after a portrait of the Queen is defaced in Westminster Abbey. Listen, vandalism of art is a bad thing. It's a naughty thing. But kind of part of me thinks, yeah, and... If I was not able to see my kids, right, for, for whatever reason, I don't know this gentleman's situation, well, I would do anything that would draw attention to that. I would draw anything that would draw attention to that. But we can't begin to imagine how, and I don't know this gentleman's situation, so I'm hypothesising slightly. Apologies if I've got this wrong. But you, you can't imagine how painful it must be not being allowed to see your children. Can I see the kids? No. And you go through legal routes and you go through these different ways of doing it and you can't do it. So what do you do? Vandalise a picture of the Queen? (sighs) Possibly not the best way of doing it, but certainly a great way of drawing attention to the situation. He'll probably go to prison for that. That's how desperate I'm assuming this gentleman is. I'm filling in some of the blanks in this story. It may turn out it's just some nut job. But I don't... The great scheme of thing, you vandalise a picture of the, of the monarch. The Independent. <clears throat> They've got divorced again, that, uh, the old gentleman and the attractive younger lady. What Olympic legacy, says the, uh, the Independent. Fewer people playing sport than a year ago. Significantly fewer people in England are now playing sport regularly than before the Olympics. Uh, and the Daily Telegraph, we'll do the rest of it later on. There's uh, Wendy Deng. Woof woo. Woof woo. She's single, lads, and she's divorcing a man worth £11 billion. What can I say? Apart from the vaguely sexist and slightly dated woof woo. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
A bit slow through Wellham Green this morning. The A1000 on the southbound side looking busy between Wild Hill Road and the B157 Shepherd's Way. If you're using the A10 as your route of choice at the minute, it's looking actually quite good through Chesant. But once you get beyond the M25 and drive in toward Enfield, there are some delays between Bullsmore Lane and Southbury Road on the cameras around there. M25 anti-clockwise building up from Waltham Abbey to Enfield going into the roadworks section anti-clockwise. As you continue round Potter's Bar to the A1M through the roadworks is looking busy as well and then from Maple Cross to the M40 there's a patch of slow moving traffic. If the A1 is your route into London, usual queues southbound through Borehamwood from Stirling Corner. It's looking very slow around there. Everything else though looking pretty decent on the roads. As for the rails, well not many problems at present everything broadly running to timetable and no issues on the tubes. Adam Glynn BBC Three Counties Radio Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With the 7.30 headlines, I'm Catherine Boyle. There's been a four-fold increase in the number of children admitted to hospital for obesity-related conditions over the last 10 years. The man accused of causing the death of 24-year-old Joseph Kent in Milton Keynes in January will appear at Luton Crown Court today, and the head of the army has warned that any further spending cuts risk damaging its competence and could become quite dangerous quite quickly. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. A seven-wicket defeat to Sri Lanka in the Champions Trophy at the Oval last night means England's cricketers need to win their final group match against New Zealand on Sunday to reach the semi-finals. Chasing 294, an unbeaten 134 from Kumar Sangakkara helped to see Sri Lanka home with 17 balls to spare. Victory on Sunday will guarantee progress for Alistair Cook's side, although a no result due to rain in Cardiff could mean that England are eliminated. Sometimes things go against you with the weather and well, we can't control it if that happens, but you know, who knows with the British weather... That, you know, to, to say what's going to happen three days out and get it right is, is, is very unusual. So, now we're hoping for obviously a dry day uh, and it's, you know, still in our hands. In fact, if you win, you're through. Tennis and Andy Murray plays Benjamin Becker this afternoon in the quarterfinals of the Grass Court event at Queen's. Looking ahead to today's action is our tennis correspondent, Jonathan Overend. After a day of doubling up to get back on schedule, it's normality for Murray today. A single match in the quarterfinals with Benjamin Becker, who served strongly and reached the final in Nottingham last week, his opponent. After a disruptive start to the tournament with horribly windy and cold conditions, the schedule at least is back on track, and the last eight has a heavyweight feel. Joe Wilfred Songer is Murray's possible semi-final opponent, while take your pick from the other half, where defending champion Marin Cilic is joined by former Wimbledon finalist Thomas Burditch, a past world number one in Leighton Hewitt, and the 2009 US Open champion Juan Martín del Potro. And last night, Wellin's Gosling Tennis Club held a special send-off for their players heading for Wimbledon. Ed Corrie, Dave Rice, Dan Cox, Josh Sapwell and Lewis Roskilly will be playing in the seniors' singles, doubles and juniors competitions. And that's your latest news and sports. I'll be back with more at 8 o'clock. we got a tennis correspondent! We have. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. <laughs> When did we get a tennis correspondent? That's so exciting. Yeah, I mean, you know, but... A tennis correspondent? 
08459 455 555 is the phone number. Now, Dale Cregan, the man who shot dead two police women in Greater Manchester, is pictured on the front page of several of this morning's newspapers. Jailed for life, the headline in the eye. The miracles Cregan, the savage. The Sun says he held a couple hostage by putting a grenade on the mantelpiece and telling them, shut up or you die. Well, he's obviously a thoroughly unpleasant chap. Our reporter, James Alexander, is here. Morning, James. What more can you tell us on the story about the story on the front page of the mail that's linked to the Cregan case? Uh, criminals in prison van crash sue for whiplash. Yeah, this was a crash that happened on the way to court. There were 10 defendants on trial on related charges and every morning the prison vans carrying them travelled in a convoy up the motorway. Now, last month, two of those vans bumped into each other. No one had to go to hospital, but we understand three of those prisoners are now claiming compensation for whiplash and also hurt feelings. Uh, because they thought the van was being attacked by gangland rivals. Dale Cregan isn't claiming, because he wasn't injured, uh, but Damien Gorman, convicted of murder with him, is apparently making a claim, and Ian, he could get up to £2,500 compensation funded by the taxpayer. Well, 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 that's uh, incredible. We'll certainly be following that. The, The Cregan trial lasted for four months. At the end of it, James, are we any wiser as to why he targeted the police and also handed himself in? No, because Cregan didn't give evidence at his trial, so we never heard from him. The only thing he's ever said about his motive was when he gave himself up, he said, you were hounding my family, so I took it out on you. Now, the reason police were, in his words, hounding his family was because Cregan was wanted over the murders of father and son David and Mark Short in a a gangland feud that led to the killings of those two police officers. uh, One of the things I find incredible about this is Cregan's use of uh, military hand grenades, or his pineapples, as I believe he he called them. Where on earth did he get them from? Yeah, there is something especially shocking about military grenades being used on suburban streets in broad daylight. These probably made their way out of the former Yugoslavia after the Balkans wars of the 90s. Cregan apparently got them in Holland. And just last week, another 10 grenades thought to belong to Cregan were found hidden in a storm drain. And police say they are concerned more weapons like this may still be on the streets. This is the Chief Constable of Greater Manchester, Sir Peter Fahey. We are seeing a lot of military-level Uh, weaponry uh, brought into the country Uh, some of this you know is from conflicts abroad uh, and that is why we still need to treat that as an absolute priority in terms of trying to find those weapons and seizing them so police clearly worried about military weapons from abroad getting into the hands of criminals here the police have been criticized haven't they for for not catching cregan before he killed two of their officers could they have done any more well cregan was arrested just after his first murder but released because of lack of evidence and he then went on the run and as we now know killed three more victims but detectives say they did everything possible to try and find him they even offered fifty thousand pounds in used banknotes but it seems people were so frightened of dale cregan no one wanted to turn him in the guardian says this case exposes manchester's brutal underworld is cregan the tip of the iceberg well this is the worry you have this whole other world we were hearing about in court a world where a wrong look in a pub can lead to fights kneecappings and even murder and dale cregan obviously enjoyed this hard man image he liked the fact his one eye made him look menacing he made thousands of pounds a week drug dealing he carried wads of money he drove a flash car we hear even in strange ways prison some prisoners see him almost as a hero because he murdered police officers the question now is does this turf war end with cregan behind bars or does the tit-for-tat violence carry on james alexander thank you very much 
call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. So our cyclists a menace on the road. If we spent a bit more money encouraging people to cycle and do things like that, then we could save a billion pounds a year for the NHS. Be like the Dutch. That's what we should say. Apparently, look, there's a, I've been shown there's an a, a, at cycle hatred. There's a Twitter feed um, uh, that, that's about what's being followed by uh, Paul Scoynes. Let's have a look. It, it, apparently, uh, it, I'm a cyclist retweeting the constant stream of tweets that illustrate people's crazy, ill-informed and frankly terrifying views of cyclists. Um, OK, we'll have a little look at that a bit later on. Philip's in Bletchley. Morning, Philip. Morning, Ian. The cyclists, are they a menace? Uh- well, the one this morning I saw, which is not unusual on the dual carriage where on the A5D, decided that he'd have the whole left-hand lane to himself. Oh. Now, that is so dangerous. There is actually a white line here, and as you know, you've got the dual carriageway, a white line, then a little bit for the cyclist all the way along there, but he wasn't going to have that. He was going to get in his own lane with all his bright gear on and everything else, making out he's in a race. You see him every day. The argument we've heard from cyclists, Philip, is that, that gentlemen like that are in the minority and there are just as many, if not more, drivers who are bad. No, I thoroughly disagree. I mean, I do about six, seven hundred mile a week and I see it more and more. Weekends is even worse when you get a bunch of them going down the road. They're all talking to each other, having a drink out of their bottles, and you go and get by them. It does... I wonder what they have in those bottles. It does annoy me when you... I, the, the bunches, and there's two, sometimes three abreast. I thought that was illegal to be, to, to be two abreast. Well, I thought they would be. I think they think they're in a race or something, but it does make you wonder what they've got in them bottles. The way they're waving all over the place, you know, is unbelievable. But I, I honestly believe that they should all have insurance. I'm not saying there's bad car drives, because there is, but... The one thing that finally that really annoys me is when they come to something like a pothole in the road and decide just to swerve around there. Well, no, hang on a second. Uh, uh, the, 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 they're, they're allowed to swerve around. They can't go over the pothole. They, they could, the bike the could they be ruined or they could be thrown off. Well, then they're going to kill themselves without looking behind them. It's the same on a motorbike. I've, I've drove motorbikes for years. Yeah. And you are aware of what happens. And if you get too close to drain holes and things like that, yes. then, you know, you're going to have a problem. But if there's a pothole that suddenly po- appears in front of you in the road and you're in your cycle, what do you suggest they do? Fair play. No, I understand what you're going to say. Yeah, and I do. I mean, I was always aware of what was in front of me. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, you can see them, but they're point taken. I mean, I've been a part over a pile in a motorbike. It's not good. Almost. The thing that gets myself. me, uh, and uh, you see, you see drivers doing both these things, but cyclists when they've got their Walkman headphones in, or they're on yeah. the telephone. I've had a tweet from Scott who says I text, um, uh, I write tweets and text on my phone when I'm riding my bicycle. I'm really good at it. <laughs> oh, what a what a goon! Hey, what an absolute goon! Complete and utter goon. Philip and Bletchley, thank you very much, uh, indeed. Honestly, I've had a, t- a, t- a tweet saying that I write and uh, I write uh, texts. Let me get it. Hang on a second. Let's let's uh, read this text from this goon. Uh, I tweet and text whilst riding my bike on the road. I'm I'm changing a word here. I'm flipping good at it too. A goon. April's in Luton. Morning, April. Good morning. Cyclists. There are many on the road, apparently. No, 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 no. No? 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 There are more car drivers on the road, so there are more car drivers committing offences. Sorry? There are some cyclists committing offences, but they are entitled to use the road as a cyclist, a motorcyclist and a car driver 
I see it every day when cyclists are cut up or abused on the road. It is out of order. Cyclists, I often see cyclists on the pavement. They shouldn't be on the pavement. No. I often unless, see... Unless it's a dual pavement. You get those pavements which are cut half in half. Half of it's pavement, half yes. of it's cycleway. Yes, they're allowed on those. I often I see more cyclists going through um, red lights than I, I do cars. I've caught drivers going through red oh, lights. Oh, I've, I've seen drivers doing it. I've seen more cyclists doing it. No, I've seen more car drivers using it, and I've given that video evidence to the police. Oh, look at you, you little grass. Uh, it, listen, if anyone does it, it's very naughty. It is, yeah, absolutely. But, 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 you can't honestly say, April, I can be at a traffic light and the car in front of me goes through the red light, but then four or five cyclists will go through that red light. Then shame on them. Where are you? In Luton. <laughs> Where in Luton? It's very, it's very breath. Are you being very breathy there? I'm being very frustrated. Oh, are you frustrated? What can we do to ease your frustration, April? I think, I think all car drivers should spend a year completely on a cycle wow. and then a year completely on a motorcycle oh god and no then get behind a wheel of a car i don't like motorcycles i don't want to go don't make me go on a motorcycle i've been on one i've been on one before and i didn't like it didn't you no i went on it one of those they did go too fast i went i've been on one a few times as a passenger <laughs> don't laugh at me uh with those you know you get those taxi bikes uh, oh yeah okay they're scary they are and they're often driven by ex-coppers and i was on the back of one years ago when I used to do TV, they'd sometimes get them for me to get between jobs. I was on the back of one years ago, and uh, the, the, the copper said, do you want to go really fast? Ex-copper, do you want to go fast? I was like, yeah, yeah okay. Do you want to go really fast? Like, yeah, okay. We went 100 miles an hour. 100 miles an hour on a motorbike. It was absolutely... This is, this is great. Can we stop now, please? It was horrible. No, the motorcycles are fine. They're not. April, nice to talk to you. No problem. Have, have we got rid of some of your frustration? Uh, yeah, I just wish people would stop giving the um, road tax thing because road tax is based on uh, how much pollution you create and cyclists don't create any. April, can I just say, listen, no one has mentioned the road tax argument this they morning. They have on your Facebook. They've, well, they've done it on the Facebook. They've not done it on the show. We had, uh, look, Trek Bicycle is harassing me on Twitter. We had this idiot last night ba- banging on at me on Twitter about, oh, people are going to mention the road tax. No one's mentioned the road tax on the radio, you see? We, we, we are, this morning, this is what you get with the Ian Lee Show, we are bringing a well-formed, intelligent <laughs> debate. Aren't we? Huh? <laughs> Who'd have thought that? <sighs> have a nice weekend. No problem. <laughs> we are. Who'd have thought it? A well-formed... In- I don't know why she was laughing at that. That's, a perfect, that's what we're doing. A well-formed, intelligent, balanced debate. And no one on this show has mentioned the road tax. Uh, some of the Facebook people have. Look, Peter says, make cyclists pay. Uh, pay then like car drivers do, plus insurance. Why should the taxpayer pick up yet another bill for cyclists, most of whom are irresponsible and cause accidents in the first place? The thing I'm spotting is right, that there are two camps. There are very few people who seem to be able to straddle both camps as well as I am doing. The people who use cycles the most hate drivers, and they spot all of the inadequacies and all of the law-breaking and all of the rule-breaking that drivers do, but they don't spot their own inadequacies. The drivers spot the cyclists' inadequacies but won't acknowledge that perhaps drivers are doing something wrong. That's kind of what I've picked up this morning. Because April there would not acknowledge that perhaps more cyclists jump through red lights than cars. And they do. They do. 
Cyc- uh, drivers do go through red lights, but it's more... I have been sat at traffic lights. Four or five cyclists have gone through. Uh, Stevie says, make them take cycling proficiency tests before being allowed out onto the main road. I do agree with what April was saying. Cycli- uh, the, the motorists should perhaps be uh, encouraged to go out on cycles. Not for a year. You'd be exhausted. Maybe for a week. They have to use cycles to see what it's like. I'll, I'll vote for that. 08459 555. Are cyclists a menace on the roads? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Getting quite slow on the M25, anti-clockwise, busy from Waltham Abbey to Enfield as you go into the roadworks. Then through the works, it's slow past Potter's Bar with maybe 10 or 15 minutes worth of delays. And it's also busy continuing round anti-clockwise from Maple Cross to the M40. A10, well, through Chesant it's doing okay. Through Enfield, though, other side of the M25 in toward London on that southbound side. You've got slow-moving traffic from Bullsmore Lane to Southbury Road. And the A1 through Borehamwood is queuing southbound past Stirling Corner. Speed sensors picking up a little bit of slow-moving traffic on the A5 through Dunstable and also looking a little slow on the A120 as you drive from Standon toward Bishop Stortford and across toward the M11. Now, on the trains, generally things are looking fine. We've got a couple of cancellations running through Watford Junction, though. First off, the 7.55 down to Euston is cancelled and the 8.03 service running through Watford Junction up to Birmingham New Street cancelled as well. Both of them because a member of the train crew was unavailable. Uh, there we go. Adam Glynn, BBC Three. We know what happens if you're unavailable, Adam. We get a professional um, person to come in and do the traffic. Why can't they do the same thing there? I don't know. Neither do I. Thank you, Adam. You're a good sport as always. Right, 7.46, Friday the 14th of June. I mean, Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. There's been a fourfold increase in the number of children admitted to hospital for obesity-related conditions in the last decade. A man accused of causing the death of 24-year-old Joseph Kent in Milton Keynes earlier this year will appear at Luton Crown Court today. In sport, Andy Murray plays Benjamin Becker this afternoon in the quarterfinals of the grass court event at Queen's. Coming up, we could see more cyclists on our roads, if health experts have the say. But are they a menace? 08459 455 555. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, Elizabeth Rizzini wasn't uh, actually available today, so they got in a non-professional. But uh, at least I've got some good weather. Let's, for let's you. just say, let's just say, Sarah. <laughs> the, 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 and, and let's let's keep this between us. Let's don't let's get back to Elizabeth. But it, it's great to have someone on who knows what they're doing. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Carry on, please. Thank you. <laughs> well, I wonder I th- with the gap. I thought you, maybe you were going to do that gag, and then I we did it. anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. A lot of uh, what is it? What are we calling it? U- useful, useful, we- useful weekends. Usable, usable weather. Usable. That was it. Yes. <laughs> Next couple of days. Sorry if you weren't listening an hour ago. Uh, we've got uh, a few scattered showers perhaps across the three counties this morning, but on the whole, today is bright and breezy with some good sunny spells at times and the best of that top temperature of 18 or 19 Celsius. But the wind will pick up as we go through uh, the rest of the day because we do have some rain moving towards us by the early hours of tomorrow morning. But actually, this evening will be quite pleasant. One for the barbecues, I think. And then as we go through the night, the cloud increases, bringing us rain by about dawn. It'll clear away quite smartly tomorrow off towards the east so behind that another bright and breezy day some sunny spells a few scattered showers actually a better chance perhaps of picking one up tomorrow morning and a top temperature of 18 or 19 celsius and then we start dry on sunday but clouding over later we've got some rain to move in by the end of the day the timing is a little bit uncertain but at the moment it looks like towards the end of the afternoon they're a bit cool for the start of things on monday 
with highs on Monday of around 16 or 17 degrees. But some usable weather next couple of days. Thank you very much. Nick Coffer's Weekend Kitchen. This Saturday, I'm joined in the Weekend Kitchen by top local chef Russell Bateman and excellent cooks Gina Manning and Sharon Church. We'll be jazzing up the humble lamb chop, tucking into a golden peach cake. Absolutely scrummy, really, really nice. And and it looks like it's an easy sort of midweek dish that you could do. And bringing you some genius barbecue recipes. You could drop it straight into the coals because it's completely protected by the skin. Nick Coffer's Weekend Kitchen. Saturday from 12. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Ah, it's Father's Day this weekend. I hope I get some brilliant presents. I know you should... No, it shouldn't be about that. I don't want some homemade rubbish. I don't... I don't no, I don't. I want something bought from a shop. Really? I do. I want something bought from a shop. Yes, I did open my birthday presents. Turns out there's only two of them. Disappointed. The bag looked so big. It was a book and a CD. Which I'm excited about, but... I, I'm not... No, listen. I'm not materialistic in the slightest, but... But no, no. But this Sunday, I want something decent for my boys. Oh, look, we made, we made you... What, where's that supposed to be? What is that? Is that a picture of Daddy? It looks like a monkey. It's a giraffe. It's a picture of you, Daddy. It was rubbish. Go and get me. Go, go, go and get me something from the shop. CD or DVD or something. Go and get me a Bruce Lee DVD. Seriously, you know the feeling, Dads. You're expecting something. Go and get me a Leo Sayer record from a charity shop. You know the feeling. You're in bed. It's Sunday morning. You think, oh, going to get breakfast in bed. Going to get something nice, and you get a bowl of cornflakes. And a car that they've made themselves. Oh, blimey. Oh, well done. Well done. Spend a bit of cash. Front pages of the newspapers, then we'll go to Andy and Steve. Uh, the Times. Revealed the Ind- Indian ancestry of William. What? They've come over here stealing our, for- uh, our royal positions. The Duke of Cambridge will be Britain's first king to have proven Indian an- ancestry. DNA analysis has revealed. Uh, uh, the question is asked by a whole nation. Who cares? It's a front page uh, royal fest on the Times. There's um, the Duchess uh, as well. And she's on the front page of the Express, wearing a 101 Dalmatian uh, skin. And record high for house prices. House prices rose to their highest level on record last month. And they also go with the, the story about this gentleman that sprayed help uh, on the picture of the Queen. Outrage at paint attack on Queen's portrait. See page five. Custody row dad held after attack on Queen's portrait. Outrage. Surely it's more of an outrage that this gentleman is unable to see his children, if that is indeed the case, than a picture got a little bit of spray paint on. The Daily Mail. Caprice to have two babies four weeks apart. We did this story from another newspaper yesterday. Criminals in prison, van crash, sue for whiplash. A gang of criminals are to claim compensation for whiplash after their prison vans crashed into each other on the way to a murder trial. And the son, Cregan put grenade on mantelpiece, he said, shut up or you die. Dearie me. Cyclists, are they a menace on the roads? Let's go to Andy and Trink. Good morning, Andy. Good morning. Uh, are they a menace? Um, they can be. I mean, I, I, I'm one of these, these horrible people that rides a bicycle in London. I, I borrow a Boris bike and uh, cycle across the West End. Do you wear a helmet? Um, no. Shame no, on no. you. Yes, I, yeah. Um, that's, that's my choice, though. I mean, I'd, something, something I would, would endorse would be a registration programme for cyclists. Perhaps like a thing you put on your arm like a doorman. Um, because you can do something with impunity. No one knows it's you. I'd cite the example of the guy that killed the, uh, the elderly gen- gentleman in Richmond. Yes. Um, and rode off. 
they actually had footage from, from the bus where the cyclist rode past the bus. The old fellow stepped out in front of the cyclist, hit him, threw, threw him across onto the pavement. He checked his bike and rode off. No one's got any idea who he was, you know. And in those circumstances, we should be able to recognise who that guy is. And I appreciate that. Steve's on the, M, uh, the M25. Morning, Steve. <laughs> Morning. Cyclists, are they a menace? Well, no, you see, I actually agree with Andy that they're not necessarily a menace. Um, but the fact is that the registration thing, and I will now mention this road tax. I'm not saying that cyclists pay anything for a road tax, but they should be registered. You, okay, the that, fact is... Yes. Sorry, go on. No, just, road tax doesn't exist. What do you mean it doesn't exist? Road tax doesn't exist. Right, okay. So it's, it's, a, it's a car tax. All right. We'll have a cycle tax. But also, then. you can't... You, the, the, the money from the... Uh, see, I've done my research, because I knew this would come up. The money from, from car tax, or what people call road tax, doesn't necessarily go towards the roads. You can't ring fence where the tax goes. So it just goes right. into the pot. So, no, but in many ways, cyclists do pay tax towards the upkeep of the roads. Of course they do. I'm not saying they don't. And I'm not saying that they necessarily have to pay road tax. They have to have a disc which identifies the fact that their bike is registered. Yep. But, you know, it's just simple little things like this. And, you know, if we need to, get bikes chips as well. You know, have an electronic chip on the bike. So as you buy it from a well-known shop, that it's scanned, and it, that then is a bike that is legal to go on the road. And the other thing is children on paper rounds. Yeah. No lights, no reflective jackets in the winter. It appalls me, and you know who should be brought up in front of the beak? That is the irresponsible shots that allow those youngsters to go out like that. Steve, thank you for that. Uh, Keith's in Boreham Morning, Keith. Hi. You've just seen an incident, have you? I've just nearly been in one, yeah. What happened? Well, some idiot on a bike came off the pavement straight in front of me without looking. You, and did you manage to stop? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I managed to avoid him. Well, there, there you go, you see. There, there, you've, you've done well. What did, did he say anything to you? No, he just drove right off. Rode straight off. Didn't, didn't even look. What? Well, that, that is his muppetry of the highest order. Tim, has, um, Tim Gardiner has uh, tweeted me. I don't understand this. Substitute cyclists for women or black people, and you'll see how pointless this is. Like drivers, some are a menace, some aren't. Um... But yeah, what? Um, oh, he's a triathlete. I don't want to argue with him. I don't want to argue with a triathlete. He could, uh, he, he could catch me up. Fat kids, cycling, and fat kids this morning. We're literally all over the shop like like a, a crazy lady in in boots. Uh, whose fault is it? Steve's in Hemel. Morning, Steve. Morning. Whose fault is it that the kids are fat? Well, it's, it's a bit of everything, isn't it? It's a bit of society, schools. I mean, at the end of the day, schools don't do enough exercise. How, but, how is it society's fault? Well, you've got, you've got chicken, bur- chicken places, you've got other f- food outlets everywhere you go. I mean, when I was a kid, all you had was a fish and chip shop or, or a restaurant oh, if you were rich enough, and, and you had homemade shops, food. Fish and chip shops were very, very healthy, weren't they, back in the <laughs> 70s? 
Well, they weren't that bad. But, you but didn't have them every night, did you? We used the, to cook food for the it's, kids. It's the parents... Well, exactly. It's the parents' fault then, Steve. Well, no, I said it's a bit of everything. Yeah, the parents are, but in reality, if parents are busy, which, you know, I keep getting told they are and all this, and, you know, I believe in parents should stay at home, one of them, to look after the kid. And obviously, I've been told in the real world, apparently, that obviously people ain't got time to, to, to cook anyway. So, at the end of the day, if there's more exercise at school and the more ethics of exercising then you get reward it's rewarding it's like i left school and i, I don't kind of used to drink but i started drinking because of life sorry but then sometimes i have a couple of pints and then i might have a pint of orange juice and lemonade and the girl what? behind the counter laughs at me i get laughed at because i want an orange juice now how we expect people to do exercise when in in your big picture people are either drinking or whatever and then if you go running or you keep fit they look at you as if you're a strange case on another planet hang on so a second I'm, I'm slightly confused as to what you drinking beer and orange juice has got to do with fat kids i've, I've lost well, no, the, i've lost the thread steve no, it's the pe- yeah, but obviously if someone laughs at you because you're drinking orange juice what right have they got if i'm to drink orange juice after drinking a couple of points that's up to me isn't it I don't laugh at some, you know, why should I follow the sheep? Why should I follow society in drinking every weekend and getting mullered? You know, at the end of the day, if I choose to drink a pot of orange juice after a couple of times, it's up to me. If I want to keep fit and healthy, it's up to me, but you get persecuted. <laughs> it's like kids at school. So you were, persecu- you were, per- how, you were persecuted? <laughs> you know what I mean. For having an That's orange juice. Word. Yeah, it's a stronger word, but yeah, okay. but at the end of the day, you're not in- we're not encouraged to exercise, are we? That's the bottom line. Right. So you, not, you, you think that young ch- young children are put under pressure by, yeah. by barmaids to eat KFC? No, not barmaids. No, uh, society. <laughs> society. And well, there's food everywhere. Yeah. You've got chicken. Everything's everywhere. Food's everywhere. Kids are going to look at it. And, it's, and also, as for kids with the sweets, don't give them no money. They can't buy no sweets. Exactly. So, Steve, again, it's the parents' fault. Once again, you're agreeing with me. You just don't know you're agreeing with me. No, I, I'm agreeing with you partially. But right. on the other side, the school should do more, get kids to do more exercise. So the same as the parents should. So it's not just the parents. Steve. At the end of the day, we can't be there all the time, can we? Steve, are you going to get mullered later on today? I'm not going to get what? Are you going to get mullered? No, I ain't going to get mullered. I don't get mullered. I'll get in trouble if I get mullered. <laughs> Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Some delays on the M25. Anti-clockwise, it's looking slow from Waltham Abbey to Enfield into the roadworks, then past Potter's Bar through the roadworks section, and delays from the M40 to the M4 as well, with maybe 10 or 15 minutes worth of delays around there. It's looking okay into London on the A40, though. In fact, it's looking lighter than usual. The A41, as you go past Watford, not looking too bad. M1 and A1M still looking clear on the cameras. A little bit busy on the A10 through Chesant coming down to the M25, and then the other side of the M25 through Enfield slower as well. And the usual queues on the A1 past Stirling Corner on the southbound side. On the trains, most services running without problems this morning. We've just got those couple of cancellations through Watford Junction. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. The last hour, more on cycling. More on fat kids. It's got to be the parents' faults. It's Friday. A little bit of music to send us on to our weekend. How marvellous is that? On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
Good morning, it's 8 o'clock. I'm Catherine Boyle. The headlines, childhood obesity quadruples, surgeon's performance to go public and happy payday to, well, somebody. BBC Three Counties Radio. The number of British children admitted to hospital for obesity-related conditions over the last 10 years has quadrupled. In the Three Counties, Luton has the highest number of children registered obese, which at 22% is above the national average. Hertfordshire has the area's lowest childhood obesity figure at 14%. This morning, Ian Lee's asking who's to blame. Tam Fry from the National Obesity Forum says the answer is clear. There is a significant number of parents who are really very short on parenting skills. They really don't know how to look after their children or raise their children. Those are the children who we are starting to see in these figures. And uh, until something serious is done about education and schools, about how to raise children, I'm afraid we will continue in this way. A man accused of an assault which led to the death of another man outside the Escape in Milton Keynes will appear at Luton Crown Court today. 25-year-old Samir Boston has been charged with the manslaughter of Joseph Kent, who died from head injuries two days after the alleged assault in January. Two other men are due to stand trial next month for causing actual bodily harm. The case of a couple from Dunstable accused of selling fake bomb and drug detectors to governments around the world is coming to an end at the Old Bailey. Samuel Tree and his wife Joan made the devices at their home in Houghton Road, but defending barrister Graham Brodie QC says it's ludicrous to suggest that in middle age they'd turn to a life of crime. Our reporter Faye Southwell was in court. He pointed out that on one occasion Mr Tree had given one of these devices to a British policeman to test, and he said that this categorically proved his client's innocence, because giving a device Advice to a policeman to test is inconsistent, he said, with criminality. He gave it to the officer because he believed honestly, albeit mistakenly, that the device did work. The Health Secretary, Jeremy Hunt, has threatened to name surgeons who refuse to allow data about the results of their work to be published. League tables for 10 specialities are due to go online in England from next month, but surgeons have to give their consent first, prompting fears that some will opt out. A group of climate experts is set to meet next week to discuss the highly unpredictable nature of the UK's recent weather. This year's seen the coldest spring for 50 years, and last summer was a washout. An American production company is suing the publishing arm of Warner Music over the copyright to happen. Happy birthday to you. The film company says the 120-year-old song belongs to the public and should be free to use. In March, Warner Chapel charged the filmmakers £1,000 to use it in a documentary. Sport now and Luke Donald leads golf's US Open at the Merrion Course near Philadelphia, but weather delays means he's yet to complete his opening round. Donald will resume today at four under par after 13 holes. The weather, sunshine and showers with a top temperature of 19 degrees Celsius, that's 66 Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk. K slash three counties. Eyes down, last hour. We can do this, team. Come on. Focus, focus. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Here every weekday morning between six and nine. Well, this is the last hour, so what have we got for you? Lots of stuff, and as always, good to get your thoughts on them, uh, please. Are cyclists a menace on our roads? We could be seeing more of them if health experts get their way. Could save the NHS a billion pounds a year. Or do you think, are cyclists a menace on our roads? I'm getting harassed by them on Twitter now. Oh, for goodness sake. Leave me alone. 
there's been a fourfold increase in the number of children admitted to hospital for obesity-related conditions in the last decade. More than one in five children aged 10 or 11 are obese in parts of beds, hearts and bucks. Who's to blame for fat kids? It seems obvious to me. It's the parents. We can blame society. Oh, there's loads of KFCs and McDonald's everywhere. But it's the parents that are giving them the money. It's the parents that are buying those meals. And also, it's Friday. We like to end with a little bit of music. And, oh, we've got some cracking stuff for you today. At least, Kelly Betts hopes it's cracking. Otherwise, she's fired. We'll reveal more in a little bit. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Put your name on it! Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. According to health experts, the NHS could save more than a billion pounds every year if the government was to match Dutch levels of spending on provision for cyclists. Here, the off-road cycleway between Luton and Harperden is now fully operational, having cost just under a million pounds. A million pounds? That's quite a lot of money. What do you think? Is that money well spent? Everyone's having to uh, uh, cut their cloth a little better these days. A million quid on on an off-road cycleway? I do kind of think, perhaps that's a little bit uh, excessive. Well, I'm asking you this morning, are cyclists a menace on our roads? Well, Peter Bate is the area manager for Sustrans in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire. They're a charity trying to create better cycling links. Morning, Peter. A million pounds on a cycleway. That does seem a little excessive. Well, you've got to think about how long and how many people are going to benefit from this cycleway Cycleways do have very good uh, lifespans. I mean, for example, this will pro- probably last 20 years plus without any major um, maintenance being required beyond clearing vegetation and so on. We compare that to the cost of a road and how quickly they wear out with the, uh, the traffic going o- across it. It is actually, when you look at that 20-odd year lifespan of a route like that, it actually starts to look a little bit different, doesn't it? But why can't cyclists just use the road and then you didn't need to spend a million quid? Well, if you look at that particular example, you've got the Lower Harpenden Road between Luton and Harpenden, which is recognised as being quite a, a fast and nasty road. Uh, it's quite uh, People who drive it probably find that as well. If you look at the number of holes in the wall on the west side of it up by Luton Hoo, you think how many accidents have been. And one thing that people often say, the most common thing that people say when asked, why don't you cycle on the roads, is that they, they don't feel comfortable fighting with traffic. And generally speaking, the traffic-free routes are the ones that people prefer to use. Uh, th- this million pounds, where has that come yeah. from? It's, come, it's uh, like a lot of these sort of projects being put together from a whole variety of different places. Uh, the final quarter of a million came from the Big Lottery Connect 2 project, which was, uh, you might remember a few years ago, there was a television programme where people were able to vote for a big big project across the country, uh, which one got the money, Connect 2 from Sustrans got the money, about 80-odd projects across the country, of which Upper Lee Valley Way was one. Um, There's about £100,000 from the Department for Transport and the Communities Funds, and the rest came from the councils involved, Luton Borough, Beds County, uh, Central Beds, Hearts County Council. So put together through a variety of sources and implemented over a number of years as the money became available. So, for example, the, the bridge across the Lower Harpenden Road went in in 2009. That was a, a key piece of infrastructure. 
is it money well well spent? It, will people actually use it, Peter? Is there an appetite for something like this? Oh, it certainly is. I mean, I've been on the route. It's a lovely route to do. I'd recommend it to anybody to do. It's a, a beautiful route, rough, roughly from Airport Way, the, the northern entrance, down to Westfield Road and Harpenden, and three and a half miles long, traffic-free, lovely surface, a very interesting um, and pleasant rural environment to go through. Um, I think people do use it. Every time I'm on it, I see lots of people going through, for a whole variety of different people, whether they're walking with their children, with horse riders, with people cycling, whether it's commuting or just going to the shops or whatever. There are automatic traffic counters at each end which count the bikes, and the monitoring is built into every Connect2 project so that we do establish the level of use of things like this. Uh, and are there more routes like this planned for Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire? Well, we're always putting in uh, news or seeking to get funding for new routes. Um, there's a number which we're looking at, one alongside the North Orbital route, um, another one to Cranfield University. These are ones which are quite well advanced under the cycle safety scheme, again, from the Department for Transport. So, again, these are funded by, by national funds, generally speaking. Uh, Peter Bates, thank you very much. Area Manager for Sustrans in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire. A charity trying to create better cycling links. Well, what do you think? Are, they, uh, are cycleists a menace on the road? I tell you what, why, why don't you see cyclists wearing helmets? The, the number of cyclists that do not wear helmets... Why, why, why is that right? Of course you should, you should be doing everything you can to make the cycling a little bit safer. To make everybody feel a little bit safer. I have to wear a seatbelt in my car. When I go out on my bike, I wear a, a helmet. Why don't you wear yours? You don't see many of them, do you? And I know that the Boris Bikes is in London, but it should be made compulsory for cyclists to wear helmets. Um, well, ju- ju- yeah, hello, Ian. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I wish we got there a second earlier. Oh, yes. What, were, right? you, what were you just singing? Oh, I was just singing to myself. What were you singing? Can you hear me on the radio car? <laughs> oh, what a muppet! Uh, uh, listen, you want? <laughs> I want to get your professional opinion. You're out yes. in, in the radio car every day. Yeah. When, when it works, and that's, mm. that's an internal matter that needs yeah. to be discussed. <laughs> uh, but uh, do you see many cyclists? And, and what We've had a lot of people saying, oh, it's only a few cyclists that ride badly. As a professional yeah. driver, Justin, what do you make of it? Well, I don't tend to see many in the rush hour. Um, that's the first thing. Um, I tend to see more cyclists at weekends, to be quite honest with you. Well, we spoke to a cyclist earlier when I said to him, do you feel safe on the roads? He said, no, I don't. And he says, when people say to me uh, about taking up um, cycling, Cycling, he always says, don't do it because it's not safe. So I don't see them in the rush hour. I tend to see them at weekends. Now, when I do see them at weekends, I tend to see them in a line. And then suddenly, you know, a couple of minutes later, that the, they might go next to each other. And they do infuriate some motorists. I'm telling you what I've seen. Obviously, it could be different for other people. But, but from my experience, it tends to be weekend cyclists. And the ones that I don't see don't ride particularly well. Now, it's not illegal, apparently, for cyclists to ride to a breast. Mm. But, 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 it is annoying, it is discourteous, and if you're holding up the whole traffic, yep. if you do that, you shouldn't be, if you want to have a chat with your mate, get off your bike and have a chat with your mate. Don't ride next to each other. <laughs> and I'll tell you another thing, I'm going oh, off on a little rant on, now. Renting, yeah. The thing, that, okay, because we can all contribute to make the road safer, both drivers and cyclists. Riding two abreast does not make the road safer. Another thing that makes me very, very anxious, and I hate them, yeah. are those little trailers at the back of bikes where they put their kids. Oh, do you know what? I saw that. Do you know what? Don't get me going about this. I saw that. I saw somebody doing this on the A5. Now, I'm not a parent, so technically I've got no right to to, to say anything. However, again, it's just a personal view. 
I saw somebody on the A5. Now, the A5 busy road. is a busy road. Very it's busy a very road. fast road. Why on earth very. would you want to be going down the A5 with your child on a trailer on the back of the bike? That is absolute madness, if you ask me. How on earth can that be safe? Because if, if, if cyclists are saying, well, it's, it's drivers that are, that are hitting us, well, mm. if a driver clips that, even just gently nudges that, which, of course, they, they, you know, it's the driver's fault, but that's your kids are gone. If you, yeah. go, if you turn too fast around a corner, it tips over. Your kids are gone. Why would you take that chance? Well, why would you put the life of your child, the most precious thing in your life, you are putting the life of your child into somebody else's hands? Somebody could be driving down that road, and for a split second, they take their eye off the road, or they may take an illegal phone call, a handheld phone call, and they go into you on that bike. They could kill your child instantly. Why would you do that? I saw that a couple of years ago for the first time. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And also, you mentioned, uh, and we do see too many drivers uh, making phone calls and sending texts like that, and it's it's illegal and it, it is terrible. But I, I see cyclists. I see cyclists driving no-handed. Oh, yeah. like you're in a circus. That's clever. <laughs> Showing off. I see, oh, look at that. Well done. You're not 12, mate. It's not going to mm. impress any of the mm. girls now. I see cyclists with b- both headphones in from their Walkman. And I see cyclists... We ha- I mean, we had Scott saying that he texts and tweets and he's very good at it. Yeah. It's, uh, not, it's not responsible. I mean, again, in my experience of talking to cyclists, it's never their fault. And we had cyclists this morning who wouldn't talk to me on the record because they said to me, oh, here we go again. You're the BBC. You're going to have a go at us. No, I'm here to get your views. There seems to be this attitude of it's always our fault, when in actual fact it's the motorist's fault and I'm not going to talk to you. I've got an idea, Justin. Yeah, go on. And this is a genuine thing we can do one day next week. I'm sure we can sort this out. You and me, we go out on bikes. Uh, separate bikes or, or maybe a tandem? Oh. <laughs> Come on, a tandem. All right, no. listen. If we me g- on the back, though, yeah? <laughs> that's, that's how you like it. If we can get... Where on earth would we get a tandem from? Oh, do you know what? Somebody will phone up now. Somebody surely, right. listening to this in bed, starts and bucks, will have a tandem that we can borrow, or somebody from a shop will say, do you know what? I've got a tandem, guys. Take it for the week and have fun. Beautiful. Okay, here we go. Right. Uh, I-, I want someone... If you've got a tandem, someone must have one. Could you lend it to Justin Dealey and myself? I'll be at the front doing the steering. <laughs> So don't worry. Oh, I'm scared uh, now. No, I'm yeah. a little bit nervous. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. We want to go out on a tandem next week to see just what it's like for cyclists. Yeah, Justin, thank you very much. Thanks, Ian. There we go. There's your Sony, dear listener. There's your Sony. We want a tandem. You don't see tandems very often. I saw a, a tri- tried them. You know, like the goodies used to have. I saw one the other day, a proper one. I tried them. Probably not the uh, work. Can we find a tandem? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. You can email me as well. Ian dot Lee I A I N dot L E at BBC dot co dot UK. Let's let's put this to the test, okay? We're here being you know Billy Big Mouth and things. Let Justin Dealey and myself go out next week on a bicycle together, a bicycle made for two, no less, and see just what it's like to be a cyclist in a town like Lucent. We'll see if we get any abuse. We'll see if we get picked on and spat on. We'll have some of that. Right. 08459 455 555. We just need to find a tandem now. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. I've got that song going through my head. On a bicycle built for two. It'll be brilliant. The A1 through Roxton, slow moving as you come southbound toward the Black Cat roundabout. The A10 through Chesant is looking quite busy this morning. Usual queues from College Road down toward the Winston Churchill Way. And as you continue down toward the M25, it's looking slow as well. And then through Enfield, queues from Bullsmore Lane to Southbury Road. 
see those on the CCTV cameras. Speed sensors picking up slow traffic now in Hemel Hempstead along the A414 Brakes Billway eastbound from the Leverstock Greenway down toward Buntsfield Lane. You've got queues in Watford on the A41. It's starting to look just a little bit slow on the approach to the Dome Roundabout. It's not too bad, really. M25 anti-clockwise at the minute. Most of the traffic seems to be from the M40 toward the M4, taking maybe 10 or 15 minutes to get from Junction 16 to 15. And then in toward London, the A1 through Boreham Wood still queuing at Stirling Corner. Train departure boards not showing any major issues. We had a couple of cancellations through Watford Junction earlier this morning both of which were because of members of the train crew being unavailable. After those have gone, everything else looking good. Tubes are running without problems as well. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks very much, Adam. Right, it's 8.16. It's Friday the 14th of June. I'm Ian Lee, and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The number of British children admitted to hospital for obesity-related conditions has quadrupled over the last 10 years. A man accused of an assault outside escape in Milton Keynes, which led to the uh, victim's death, is set to appear at Luton Crown Court later. In sport, Buckinghamshire golfer Luke Donald is in the lead at the US Open at Merion, but is yet to complete his opening round due to weather delays. Coming up, we'll get the latest on Dale Creek, and he's the man who shot dead two policewomen in Greater Manchester. 08459 455 555. I'm on the hunt for a tandem. BBC Three Counties Radio. about sports fancy being a sports journalist at the bbc well we're looking for applications now for 2013 bbc kickoff trainee sports reporter scheme you'll receive full training and two days a week eight week placement over the summer at a bbc local radio station and you don't need to have any journalism experience at all to apply the trainee sports reporter scheme log on to bbc.co.uk forward slash careers and follow the link for full details let the bbc help kick off your career he should get his own show uh jonathan vernon jonathan i can't tell you what i'm talking about jonathan vernon smith is in the studio you're looking i like that shirt Oh, thanks. Yes, I like this shirt. A pale pink with a nice, uh, a nice light blue button. Yes, and a blue inner collar. It is nice. Where's it from? It's nice. It's from Gant. Beg your pardon? <laughs> what? Oh, from Gant. Gant. Oh, it's got, an, it's got a logo on the breast. Yes. I, I don't like logos on the breast. Oh. I like my breast to be logo free. Oh, do you really? You've covered it with a smart jacket. You're looking lovely. Are you off hunting or something later on? What's going on? No. Do I look like I'm going hunting? Yeah, look, you're going to go back to your, get your shotgun. Country casual. This is the look. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you look lovely. Thanks very much. Um, well, what have you got So planned? do you. Well, I don't. I look scruffy. And I'm going to the BBC, proper BBC later on. Uh, the one in London. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, did I say that out loud? Yes, you did. What are you doing this weekend? Anything pleasant? Uh, friends for dinner tomorrow night, uh, working tomorrow morning, mm. Sunday, don't know yet. Mm. Just going to, uh, you know, see how things oh, progress. I want to work with you. What? You are, sometimes you are bang out of order. And last night on Twitter, you were bang out of order. Why? You said you had a problem with people who let their cats out. Oh, God. People, I... people who don't keep their cats prisoner. Did you watch that programme last night? No, I've taped it. Oh, don't bother. Honestly, I, I got into bed. I thought, I'm going to watch this, this cat programme. This is the thing where they, they put a camera on a yeah, cat. Yeah, and they're showing it. all the cat... People like you let your cats roam. Yes, go and as you're meant to do. other people's gardens. They are wild animals, yes, yes. Uh, they're not wild animals, they're well, domesticated. But... Partly, yes. Um, 
the, this pro it was so boring why yeah, we've been playing all these adverts through the cat flap you yes. know the other side of the cat oh it's so boring playing a lot of adverts why was it why was it boring oh. did it did it make you feel guilty for keeping your cat a prisoner no i was looking at him thinking you're really not missing out on anything are you well they get to go out what did they do the cats oh not a lot they just kind of they put a tracking system on and then they just sat with the owners in their kitchens and yeah. said oh and look where little tommy goes during yeah. the day he goes yeah. all the way around the estate and then he comes back and the owners yeah. say oh i had no idea he went that yeah. far and that was it really so has your cat committed any crimes uh no well you, oh, they- you did once um, a blue tit flew through the window uh, this is not even a joke last year yes I was in the bathroom oh. and I suddenly heard this squealing noise. Yes. So, draped in a towel, I ran out. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Very, cre- very steamy. <laughs> sorry to create that image for you. I ran out in my towel and this blue tit had flown through the window and it was circling the living room. My cat was like a thing possessed, you know. Yeah. As he doesn't get to go out, this was no. his first opportunity to kill a bird. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this bird went smack into the window, Ooh. fell on the floor. That was it. Pip had him yeah. in his mouth, ran Ripped into the kitchen. Shreds. He had him flat on his back. Yeah, yeah. He was punching him around the face. Crafty chops to the windpipe. I thought, how did he learn these things? He's never even been outside. It's instinct. And he's punching this poor little blue tit. So yeah. I got it off him. I said you naughty boy and i opened the kitchen window f- threw it out yeah. and uh it just kind of plummeted yeah i live on the top floor oh. i thought i was releasing it back into the wild. no no it'll be eaten by another cat now you're right yeah your flat's <laughs> like guantanamo bay seriously that cat's done nothing wrong and you you are keeping it in without without pressing charges he's a very expensive pedigree oh. if i left let him out yes some riffraff would steal him or torture him. People do that to cats. They torture they them. They do torture. You don't see cats with um, uh, fireworks tied to their tails anymore. Very popular thank in the seventies. No, thank goodness. I'm just saying. Just saying that we've we've come a long way since mm, 1976. Don't give these awful people ideas. What's on your show this morning? Coming up on the big phone in this morning, we're talking about uh, the obesity problem with children that you've been discussing today. From nine, I'm asking: Is it hard to keep children slim? Uh, there's been a fourfold increase in the number of children admitted to hospital for obesity-related conditions in the last decade more than one in five children aged 10 or 11 are obese in parts of beds hearts and bucks the highest figure 22 percent is in luton which is above the national average the lowest is in hertfordshire with 14 percent overall the uk has the highest rate of child obesity in western europe but maybe we have to accept that with busy parents expensive gym memberships readily available fast food and a general reluctance to let children play outside we've created a country and a climate where parents find it increasingly hard to keep children slim. From nine this morning, I want to hear your views. Uh, if you are a parent of, of children at the moment, is it hard for you to keep them slim? If your children have now grown up when they were younger, did you find it hard to keep them slim? 08459 455 555. It's the big phone in this morning from nine. Do you want to come out on a bike with me and Justin? On a bike? Yeah. Where are we going? Round Luton. Round Luton? Why are we going on a bike round Luton? To see what it's like for cyclists. Oh, no. What? I've, okay. I went on a motorbike round Luton, nearly killed. I nearly killed what? No, I was nearly You really? Killed. I don't like motorbikes. No, it was very scary. <laughs> if I ever start a um, cardiology hospital in America, guess what I'm going to call is, it? Is that likely? No, well, it's possible. Guess what? I've got a good name for it. What? Beds, hearts and bucks. Oh, yeah, I see what you've done there. I was expecting a laugh. That's very good. 
call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's true. Justin Delia, we're talking about cyclists today, and Justin Delia and myself want to go out on a tand- tandem uh, around Luton, but I, I don't think you get them anymore. I don't think you see them anymore. Well, Mark in Luton has called in. Good morning, Mark. Hello, Ian. Mark, you've not got a tandem, have you? I'm looking at one right now. Oh, superb! <laughs> Is it in good working order? It's perfect. We've only had it about two weeks. What, why did you get one? I work for Site Concern Bedfordshire. Right. I'm a support worker. I've worked here for ten years. Yeah. And I was just driving past a bike shop about two or three months ago. Yeah. And they had one outside. Right. So I put a thing on Facebook saying, I think a, a, a tandem would be great to get blind and partially sighted people out on a bike. Sitting at the back. Yeah. Yeah, okay, course, just, check, just checking. Yeah, me on yes, the front. Okay, just, um, just clearing that up. And within 24 hours, we'd raised enough money. How much does a tandem cost these days? Well, I was told at the shop that a new about seven or eight hundred quid. Flipping heck! Now we got it a little bit cheaper. Good than for that, you. Obviously. Well done. And uh, uh, do you trust? Are, are you prepared to let Justin Dealey and myself borrow this? Are you trustworthy adults? It's me and Justin Dealey, Mark. And maybe with a little bit of training. Okay, I think we might a little bit of training. And uh, uh, but uh, listen, if you're prepared to let us uh, uh, borrow it, then uh, that that would be wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. That would be great. The the worry about the the thing is, I'll be I'll be steering the tandem. The worry about it is, right, is if you're you're at the front and you might you might have this with one of your 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 partially sighted or blind people. How do you know they're doing the pedalling at the back? Well, you really can't see. Exactly. And we got. I've just tweeted you a little video. Um, unfortunately, I put a little bit of music on, which some sites don't like being oh. played. It's only, a, you know, I just used someone else's piece of music. But it's a great video of when we first used it last week, when we had a really sunny day up at Stockwood. All right, so this is, this is the, I'm looking at it now. This is uh, Site Concern and Bedford, Site Concern Bedfordshire. That's us. Get a tandem. Uh, I'm just going to skip by. I don't want to read all your guff. Hey, look, but, hey yeah. that's important. Thank you, Zane. That is important. Thank you. You're right. But, but I'm, I'm looking at it. It's a proper tandem. Of course it is. Is that you on the front? I'm afraid it is. You're a big lad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so who, who is using this bike with you? So, so what kind of age group are you getting on the back of the bike then? I think the youngest is 21. Yep. The oldest is 62. Yep. Three of the people in that video have never, ever been on a bike. That's incredible. It's a thing we kind of take for granted, isn't it, as, as sighted people, that we can, all, we can all jump on, the, uh, on a bike and have a ride around. And uh, it, it looks like a cracking idea. It was absolutely a ball. Has the anybody... problem is, I can't see if people were pedalling yeah, or not. Yeah. Some people, it was really easy. Yeah. Other people, I think they were just putting their feet up, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. They're, take, they're taking the mic mark. Exactly. They're, they're taking them in. Well, listen, I think we're going to send Justin Dealey over to you before the end of the show. Is that all right? Yeah. You, you can make the judgment as to whether he's a trustworthy person or not. <laughs> Mark, we'll speak to you later on. Thank you very much. We've got a tandem. We've got ourselves a tandem. We've got ourselves a feature next week as Justin Dealey and myself crash a tandem in Luton. I know we won't crash it. It does worry me ever so slightly. It makes me slightly concerned. Because bikes are, you know, they're kind of tough at the best of times. When you've got some Muppet like Dealey in the back, making sure that he looks... All right, all right, Lista. All right, mate. All right, fella. All right, girl. Two shugs. This is Justin Dealey when he comes in first in the morning. Get us a cough with two shugs. That's, that's how he speaks. Three shugs. I do apologise. It's three shugs, isn't it? Should we have a very quick look at the front pages of the newspaper? You know, sometimes you have an idea and you say it on the radio. And when you say it, you think, oh, that's a good idea. It'll make us look good and it will never happen. 
And then it happens. You think, oh, for goodness sakes. Let's have a look. The Times uh, revealed the Indian ancestry of William. More importantly, meet the new Lois Lane. I'm excited about this new Superman film, even though it's not had particularly good reviews. Sort of like three out of five stars. I'm quite excited by this. I'm working in London later on. I've told my wife I'm in London all day. I don't need to be. But I could sneak off and go and see the new Superman film. Just must remember not to mention it when I go home. Uh, the Daily Telegraph. She's single. Wendy Deng is single, guys. That's right. Who Wendy Deng? She's Rupert Murdoch's ex-wife. She's uh, young. She's hot. She's divorcing an £11 billion heir. Mm. So she's going to be worth a few quid. The front page of The Independent. Hacked off with each other. Rupert Murdoch is to divorce Wendy Deng, his Chinese-born American wife who's 38 years his junior. She stepped in, didn't she, when that um, fruitcake splashed a cream pie in his, his face at the, the hearing. He was an idiot, that bloke. I mean, yes, by all means, protest. But is that the best you can do, attacking an old man? Uh, what Olympic legacy, asks the Independent. Fewer people are playing sport than a year ago. The Guardian. Wendy Deng has split up with Rupert Murdoch. Um, and even the Met Office is worried by, worried by the weather. This will be uh, Liam Dutton, who's kind of gone off me. W- w- washout summers, flash floods, freezing winters, snow in May, droughts. There's a growing sense that something is happening to our weather. But is it simply down to natural ver- uh, variability? Or is climate change to blame? I watched two documentaries the other week about the weather. It's terrifying what could potentially happen. Uh, they were called um, The Day After Tomorrow and 2012. And it really is... If those if those things come to pass, then boy oh boy, we are in serious trouble. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Quite slow on the A1 at the Black Cat roundabout through Roxton. Delays aren't quite at, back as far as Neats. It's looking a little bit slow past St Neats though probably could end up becoming one queue very shortly. Into Bedford from Bromham, it's looking busy along the A428, the Bromham Road. Fair bit of traffic on the A5 through Dunstable. Speed sensors showing it's busy as you go past the A505 junctions. And into Aylesbury, the A41 from Aston Clinton, possibly a little slow as well. A404, Marlow up toward High Wycombe on that northbound side. You're going to find queuing traffic at the moment. It looks quite busy. Uh, generally, routes into and out of London actually doing quite well. We've got no M40 problems. M1's looking all right, as is the A1M. We've got a bit of slow traffic in Hitchin on the A602, though just between the A505 and London Road. Busy on the A414 in Hemel Hempstead, near to Buntsfield Lane. And the A413 in Aylesbury looking a little slow around Watermead. Plus, uh, on the trains and tubes, it's been a good start to the day, and I think most routes into and out of London on the rails are still running without problems. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. 8.30, let's get the news and sport now. Here's Catherine Boyle. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. The headlines. The number of British children admitted to hospital for obesity-related conditions has quadrupled over the last 10 years. A man accused of an assault outside Exscape in Milton Keynes, which led to the victim's death, is set to appear at Luton Crown Court later. And the Health Secretary, Jeremy Hunt, has threatened to name surgeons who refuse to allow data about the results of their work to be published. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
England's cricketers must beat New Zealand on Sunday to reach the semi-finals of the Champions Trophy after a seven-wicket defeat to Sri Lanka at the Oval last night. Kumar Sangakkara's 134 not out helped Sri Lanka to their target of 294 with 17 balls to spare. Russell Fuller reports. Half centuries from Cook, Trot and Root gave England an excellent platform and even after the innings abruptly lost momentum when four wickets fell for five runs between the 46 and the 48th overs, Ravi Bapara ensured England posted a tough target by plundering 28 runs from the final over. But Kumar Sangakkara played a masterful innings full of wristy pulls, cuts and flicks to record a 15th one-day century. In golf, Luke Donald's the leader at the US Open at four under par but still has five holes to play in his first round due to weather delays at the Merrion course near Philadelphia. From there, he's our golf correspondent Ian Carter. Donald is a notoriously slow starter in majors but the Englishman bucked that trend with three birdies in a row before darkness fell last night. Now his challenge is to preserve his advantage over the toughest stretch of holes on the course. There'll be no respite when he resumes on the 14th tee. A similar scenario faces Tiger Woods, who's struggling with a sore left wrist and inconsistent putting and is at two over par. In tennis, Andy Murray's through to the quarterfinals at Queen's after back-to-back wins yesterday. He built Nikola, beat Nikola Mau and Marinko Matosovic to set up a last eight match with Benjamin Becker later on. Wellins Gosling Tennis Club held a special send-off last night for their players heading to Wimbledon in the next couple of weeks. Ed Corrie, Dave Rice, Dan Cox, Josh Satwell and Lewis Roskilly will be playing in the seniors, singles, doubles and juniors competitions. And that's your latest news and sport. I'll be back with more at nine o'clock. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Friday. Uh, Before the end of the show, we've got a cheeky little bit of music. Someone's going to be sneaking into the studio and playing us what? I'm not going to tell you. By the way, if, uh, if you think you could come in on a Friday morning and entertain us with some music... Do send me an email, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. We've had some excellent stuff. We've also had some tosh. We've got some great stuff today. We've had some tosh. The standard doesn't necessarily need to be high. But something a little bit different. We don't just want three guys with two acoustic guitars coming in singing songs about their girlfriends. Kind of something a little bit more imaginative, please. If you think you could fulfil that role, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. This morning we've been asking who is to blame for obese kids. There's been a fourfold increase in the number of children admitted to hospital for obesity-related conditions in the last decade. More than one in five kids aged 10 or 11 are obese in parts of beds, hearts and bucks. The highest figure, 22%, is in Luton, which is above the national average. Well, Justin Dealey has been getting reaction in Luton this morning. Justin, what have parents been saying to you? Well, I've been talking to uh, Claire. Now, Claire has two children, and I put that question to her. Who is to blame for obese kids? And this is what she had to say. It's definitely the parents' fault. It's lazy parenting. 100% very yeah definitely there's nothing stopping you buying vegetables fruit it's just I don't understand why you'd want to buy a microwave meal for your child I just can't I work full-time and I still manage to cook for my kids so if I can do it everyone else can do it so if you see a parent walking down the street with their child and that child is obese do you automatically think there is just no excuse for that I don't know I'm not that judgmental because I know there's conditions and whatever but in general but if that yeah. person doesn't have a condition and their obesity is, is based purely on what they eat, is there any excuse for that? No, there's no excuse at all because you just wouldn't buy the rubbish that your child's obviously eating. You'd have fresh fruit in your house, you'd have vegetables, you wouldn't have crisp chocolate, you wouldn't have none of that. So, I mean, Lucent's got a major problem. It's one of the worst areas in the country for yeah. child and obesity. When you're walking around the town, are you seeing, uh, I'm not being offensive here, but do you see a lot of, of fat kids? 
I do, yeah. I work in a dental clinic and I see a lot of children and a lot of them are very, very big. Very big kids. Well, that's parents covered, Justin. Have you been speaking to fat kids? Uh, No, I haven't spoken to any fat children. I've got to say this, because this keeps on coming up. I don't see any difference in children walking to school now compared to, what, 10 or 15 years ago. I just don't see where where these figures are coming from. Well, I do a little bit, because when I was at school, and let's speak freely, and I'm not making light of it, although my my use of language might do, it is a very serious concern. Mm. When I was at school, there was one fat kid in the class, and that was it. Yeah, same as. You do, I think you do see large more larger children these days well this is why this next clip is so interesting this is michael michael is 16 years old just take a listen to this um about five or four people i know are obese some are slightly some are quite over the obesity level i think yeah yeah, so even at 16 years old, mm. there's five people in your class of how many? Um, 27. 27 that are obese. Mm. You're slim, you're very, very fit. Yeah. Um, why do you think these people are obese? Is it a case of they simply can't be bothered? I, th- I just think they're quite lazy, to be honest. Yeah. So how do you keep yourself slim? Um, sometimes I, I do sports. I do sports two times a week. I do basketball. Yeah. I, have a, I go to a team like every week here in Leeton. So, yeah. And it's not rocket science, is it? You, you, you talk about the things there, you talk about exercising, having fun, yeah. to stay fit, to stay healthy. It's not rocket science, is it, Michael? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's not. It only takes. And you have to change your diet as well. It's important that you change your diet also. Sport's not for everyone. I remember being a kid and I was, I was a sprinter for my county. Yeah, I was that good. I used to run against Adrian Patrick. Don't know if you heard against him. <laughs> really? Heard of him. Uh, yeah, I, was a, I, was a, I was, wasn't very good. Yeah. But I did used to run the 400 metres. With them legs, I'm not surprised. Uh, but sport isn't for, for everyone, is it? So, so people say, oh, you yeah, just go, go and play sport. Well, why can't it be for everyone? Because not everyone enjoys it. It's quite fun. Well, not, how how no. can sport not be fun? Come on, how can sport not be fun? Football. How can winning not be fun? Oh, but, but sport, sport is not for everyone. There are lots of people who do not enjoy the rigours of sport. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying, but surely there, there are other things that, that they could be doing. I mean, I mean, the national figures, one in five children aged 10 or 11 are obese in parts of beds, hearts and bucks. Michael there, 16 years old, yeah. on his way to school, 27 classmates he's got, five of those are obese. Some of them extremely obese. His words, not mine. Justin Daly, thank you very much indeed. Well, uh, uh, Elena Sowell is a public health manager for Luton Borough Council. Morning, Elena. Oh, you're there. You're on the wrong fader. I've got the wrong one. I do apologise. Have the figures improved since March? Uh, Well, we won't have our data released until uh, for the next few months, but looking at the data since the National Child Measurement Program was put in place, uh, for Luton, I mean, we're fairly comparable to our statistical neighbours, so areas um, that have similar population makeup. But certainly for our reception year, so looking at the kind of the five-year-old range, uh, we've seen about a 3% drop in uh, obesity levels. Sadly, for the older children, the the year sixes, like the 11, 12-year-olds, we haven't. And we are um, above the national average for that. But certainly we've put a lot of work into working with the under fives because a lot of this, it doesn't really happen um, in childhood. It happens way before that, before children are even preconceived. So you're looking at um, if adults are overweight, particularly women of childbearing age, trying to get levels down in that so that when children are in the womb developing, the scene isn't set for obesity in childhood and later in life. Uh, so it, it is quite often the thing, isn't it? If you see fat kids, they've quite often got fat parents. Uh, certainly the 
the size of the parents, weight of the parents, does have a bearing on the children, particularly uh, mothers and daughters and fathers and sons. Um, but I, I would like to stress that you can't, with children particularly, necessarily tell just by looking at them what their um, weight is in terms of obesity. It really comes down to measuring. And Luton has one of the highest participation rates in England for the National Childhood Measurement Program, which um, we know anecdotally that it tends to be the children who are larger who, whose parents opt out of the program. So that could be one of the reasons why we have a higher rate of obesity. What, what other reasons? I mean, Luton does have the highest child obesity in beds, hearts and bucks, doesn't it? That's, that's quite a worrying fact. It is, yes. Um, uh but also looking at our population, um, because the National Child Measurement Program has been running now for a few years, we've been able to do national data analysis looking at trends. And for some, for some population groups, it's actually improving. But for others, particularly from families that are less well-off and from certain black and minority ethnic groups, it's actually getting a little bit worse. And if you look at the population of makeup of Luton, it, it's no surprise then that we have higher rates of obesity in older children. Have a listen to this, Elena. Uh, this is Adele. She's from Buckinghamshire. She uh, found out that her kids were perhaps uh, obese, and she put her children on a healthy lifestyle programme for 70, uh, so, sorry, 7 to 13-year-olds. They were about 7 and 9, and they started saying that they wouldn't wear their swimsuit out in front of their friends, and I was a bit shocked that it was so young that they noticed things like that. I, I don't know to be quite honest where it came from i think it was just them you know they see on telly everybody's skinny they just felt conscious of it and i just thought right we're going to sort this out because i'm not having them growing up feeling like this you know what if my kids are conscious of their weight this is not their fault at this stage this is my fault i'm doing something wrong here it is parents fault isn't it uh, it's not parents fault um parents certainly have a, a big role to play in um, in the child's Well, place. they feed them, and they're the ones that, that can let them sit there all day on their backsides playing Xbox. Well, they do, but uh, it, it comes down to parenting skills, uh, most definitely. But what we find with a lot of parents, they're saying that they don't feel they have um, control over their children, choices they make. And if of you course they do, the, they're parents. Well, I don't understand do that. Respect, but if you have a look at um, children on their way to school in the morning, a lot of them will stop off and will often purchase high-energy drinks, uh, crisp chocolate bars on their way to school, and parents don't really have a lot of control over that. Don't give them the money. Well, yes, that is one way around, certainly, but I think... Um, I, do, I, do, I, I, I do object to that. I, I do mm. think, listen, you're, if you're a parent, you, uh, you control what they eat at home, uh, you control what you give them in their packed lunch, you control how much money you give them to spend. Uh, uh, that's, it surely is the parent's responsibility. I think it's a little bit disingenuous to blame society... Well, no, I don't think society is necessary to blame either. It, it, it doesn't really come down to blame. It, it comes down to responsibility. And I completely agree with you that parents do have a responsibility around their children. But as children get older and they start to make their own choices, they can not necessarily make the best choices, especially when you have food available to you nearly 24 hours a day now in every situation that is really highly calorific. So there's a lot of energy value in there. And if children aren't doing the energy to expend that, then they will put on weight. Um, but the woman who's just speaking there, um, who took her family to a, a kind of lifestyle weight management program, I mean, that's an excellent step. And in Luton, we have the Alive and Kicking program, and that's open to families with children between the ages of 5 and 15. And that helps um, parents help their children make better lifestyle choices. It makes the children more aware, and it's a joint responsibility between the parents and child and society as well as to 
you know, how we address this issue. Uh, Elena, thank you very much indeed. That's Elena Swall, who is uh, Public Health Manager for Luton Borough Council. It, it does concern me slightly that there are courses where five-year-olds can learn about healthy eating and, and losing weight and managing their weight. That's mum and dad's job. That is mum and dad's job. The facts... And if there are parents who don't know how to pass that information on to their kids, that is concerning. It really does worry me that five-year-olds are, are being encouraged to go to courses to learn about healthy eating and to learn about what... Oh, you're a little bit overweight. This is what we do to lose a bit of weight. We do a bit of exercise. It's common sense, isn't it? Everyone knows. You eat a whole chicken every day, you're going to get fat. You don't walk to school... Well, you don't ride your bike, you don't kick a ball around in the back garden, you're going to get fat. And I think part of the problem is, and I don't think anyone's been brave enough to say it this morning, I'll say it, is fat parents giving their kids the same amount of food that they eat. Tommy doesn't eat too much, he just eats what we eat. Well, yeah, you're a 40-year-old man and you're quite big and you're giving your kid the same size portion. That's where the problem is. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call on that. You've still got time as well to call in. Are cyclists a menace? Lots of you think they are. We've had a few cyclists are going, well, hey, whoa, hang on a second. No, 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 no. It's the cars that are the menace. Uh, April, I think it was, suggested that um, we, uh, that, that drivers cycle for a bit she suggested a year i think that's too much that's ridiculous but i do think it's good that that drivers should have a couple of days where they go out on bikes and ride through towns and know what it's like to be on a bike and to be um very close to cars 08459 455555 travel news for beds hearts and bugs bbc three counties radio if you're going into London on the A1 along the Barnet Bypass through Boreham Wood, we've got queuing traffic. There was a police incident slightly earlier this morning at Stirling Corner. All lanes have now been reopened, but they had lane three closed off for a short time, and that means it's looking busier than you might expect around there. The A10 through Chesant, that's slow from College Road toward Winston Churchill Way and down to the M25. So the M25 is actually looking pretty decent at the minute. We've got no real queues through the roadworks. A404 along Marlow Hill and into High Wycombe is looking slow. Delays on the A41 in Aylesbury, a little bit busy from the Oxford Road roundabout down toward the Walton Street roundabout, and the A413 equally looking a little bit slow around the new road junction. Busy on the A5 in Dunstable with slow moving traffic from the Ashton Middle School toward the A505 at Church Street and the West Street traffic light. Hitchin, slow on the A602 eastbound and up at the Black Cat roundabout. You've got delays on the A1 southbound coming from St Neots. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah. Right, it's 8.46. I'm getting excited. We'll have some live music soon. I've, I've seen the music next door. It's looking very exciting. It's Friday the 14th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The number of British children admitted to hospital for obesity-related conditions has quadrupled over the last 10 years. The case of a couple from Dunstable accused of selling fake bomb and drug detectors to governments around the world is due to conclude at the Old Bailey. In sport, England's cricketers need to win their final Champions Trophy group match against New Zealand on Sunday to progress to the semi-finals after a seven-wicket defeat to Sri Lanka at the Oval last night. Coming up, bongos. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
the The cloud there is quite thick. Uh, Hertfordshire also seeing some fairly thick cloud, but Bedfordshire uh, continuing with some sunny spells. Now, that thick cloud actually just has a few showers with it, uh, so it looks like the three counties could well see some showers in the next little while, but they're clearing off towards the northeast all the time. And behind it, we're looking at a bright and breezy afternoon with top temperatures of 18, perhaps 19 Celsius, in the best of any brighter, sunnier spells. Uh, and uh, the breeze will be picking up, but if you can get into the sunshine, it should feel quite pleasant. It should be a fine evening then through this evening but through the night uh, the breeze continues to pick up uh, the cloud will thicken up too and that's bringing us some rain by the early hours of tomorrow morning it's in from the west it's clearing away by about dawn off towards the east and behind it a few scattered showers to come in through the morning tomorrow then a lot of dry weather uh, but then there's a bit of question mark over whether potentially Bedfordshire for instance uh, could see some further showers for the afternoon so cater for some showers I think in the afternoon but a lot of dry weather tomorrow uh, bright and breezy once more and a top temperature of 18 Celsius Sunday a little bit more questionable we do have a dry start We've got some sunshine for a time, but cloud is increasing and it looks like we'll see some rain by the end of the afternoon. The timing of that is a little bit uncertain. We will keep you posted right here on uh, BBC Three Counties Radio. There you go then, that's your weather. Thank you very much. Every weekday morning, questions are asked. What should the government do next to stop people smoking? Who do you blame for our failing high streets? Opinions are formed. There is no place in a civilised society for people like that. They should get real. Part of me says it is wrong. And you get to have your say. I think the whole thing is absolute garbage, frankly. Join in with the big phone-in from Nine. Not everyone will agree. What an interesting conversation. The JVS Show, weekday mornings from Nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, we've been talking about cyclists this morning and then I don't quite know... How on earth did this idea come up, Justin? I've got no idea. You're talking about tandems, yeah? Well, yeah, well, I, well, so, suddenly we, we, it was... Well, I think maybe I suggested we go out for a bike ride. Mm. It's one of those things, you have a good idea, but you hope it won't actually happen. You suggested a tandem. Yeah. And then we've got a tandem. <laughs> Where are you? At ten past eight, a random conversation about a tandem. Uh, here I am in Luton. I'm with Mark Chapman. Now, Mark phoned your show earlier on yes. at about 8.20. He's from Cy concern in Bedfordshire. I'm here with Mark and Ian, and you're not going to believe this, we are here with a tandem. Beautiful. As well, I'm looking at this beast. Listen to that go, Mark. How much is this tandem worth? We were told it was about eight, 800 new, but we got it after, because it was for the donations and things, for 260 Yeah. Now, Ian and I, of course, we want to go out onto the road to, to find out what it's really like for a cyclist. You seriously don't mind if we borrow this piece mm, of kit? That's fine. Maybe around a park first, rather <laughs> than the roads. <laughs> so warm up first. And these seats, um, as you can tell by my legs, I am quite tall. Uh, Ian's right. even lankier. So um, we need to know: do these seats yeah, come up? The seats go right up. You'll be fine. Ooh. You'll be fine. And um, last question, very important question. Got Queen on in the background. The bicycle song. Um, are we going to survive? <laughs> I hope so. I'd like the bike to, at least. Yeah. He's not sounding so confident now, is he? He was all, <laughs> he was all cocky when he phoned us up, Just. He's now oh, worried. yeah, I've got a tandem, got it for charity. So, now yeah. he's starting to panic a little bit. I know, I'm starting to panic as well. So we are going to borrow this tandem. We are going to be going out into the streets. Yeah. Um, a lot of cyclists are saying, well, you don't know what it's like out there. Well, we're actually going to try it for ourselves. And, and here's a phone-in for Monday, actually. Yeah, oh yes. Unfortunate names. Uh, Mark Chapman here. Oh. And Mark used to work in a record store. Aye. 
Mm, it could be a phone in that for Monday. What do you think? Unfortunate name. For those who don't get connection, of course, Mark Chapman was the gentleman, not this gentleman, but was the gentleman who shot John Lennon. Mm. I went to college with Mark Chapman's cousin, the gentleman who shot John Lennon's cousin. Wow. Casey Chapman. And um, I, I made a joke that I don't think is appropriate to say on the radio, so I'll end that conversation <laughs> there. Surprise, uh, Just uh, thank you very much. We'll speak to you later on. Yeah, thank you, Ian. Ta-ta, Bye. there we go. Well, that's that. Uh, I've talked myself into riding a tandem. What could possibly go wrong? Now, I like to end the show with a little bit of music uh, on a Friday. You're the music. Music. I am. We're the joined music. by the music. Uh, Scarlett Selassie. Have I got that that's right? That's me. Yeah, that's now, right. Listen, you've come in. I've got to say, you smell wonderful, baby. <laughs> you smell. Wa- we normally get sweaty, smoky, dirty old councillors coming and sitting on that chair. You smell fragrant and gorgeous. Yeah, I came to bless up the vibes and bless up the airwaves and bless up the room. Obviously, the, the, my smell. The vibes, the airwaves, and the room have been blessed up by you. Now, listen. You, you've you brought a tiny drum with you. What's going on? This drum. Yeah. Good things come in small packages, I'll tell you. And this is very powerful. Tell me, is, is, it, is that a bonga? I, it's, I got... Yeah, it's called a kete drum. A kete drum. It's a different drum. type of drum. Okay. And, and wh- where is it from? What does it, what's its um, heritage? Well, it's an African drum. And yeah. I'm... My, my faith is Rastafari. Right? Right. So when we give praises, we beat the drums. And these kind of drums are... You're going to sing a couple of songs for us. What's the first one you've got for us? Um, I'm going to sing one of my original tracks in acoustic styly. Oh, okay. Um, It's called Put Ja First. You can see like the glamorous video on YouTube if you go and look. But this is uh, cutting it way, way, way back and just stripping it bare to just the drums and me. Let's let's have it. Away you go. Okay. Holy, holy. Holy Lord God Almighty Who was and who is and who Everything you do, put your first is in who gets the truth. Put your first, who put your first, put your first in everything you do. Put your first is in who gets the truth. Put your first, who put your first. If you put your in your life, he will guide you through, he will guide you. He's chosen you, he has chosen you So don't you ever forget it Almighty Jah, he loved you, he loved you Put Jah first in everything you do Put Jah first, is him who gets the truth Put Jah first, ooh Put Jah first, Put Jah first in everything you do Put Jah first, is him who gets the truth Put Jah first, ooh Put Jah first, don't you glorify yourself or try to put yourself above ya, above ya. Don't run after lust and wealth, cause them things they won't help ya, my brother. Remember who you are, judge a shining star. 
in everything you do. Put your first, easy move guys are true. Put your first, put your first in everything you do. Put your first, easy move guys are true. Put your first, put your first. Put your first in every little thing, every little thing you do. Put your first in every little thing, every little thing you do. Put your first in every little thing, every little thing you do. Put your first in every little thing, every little thing you do. Put your first. Oh, fantastic! That was brilliant. I did. When she came in, I rather rudely. I said, "You are quite good, aren't you?" Because we don't want any old tosh on it. <laughs> that was fantastic. Was it? You, you like gave it? that drama good, drama good whack at the end. Good. I told you that you it's very powerful. Taught that thing a lesson. I did. Listen, if people, you, you say you're on YouTube. Yeah, if, can people buy your music and get your music elsewhere? And yes, things? you can buy my music on iTunes. Yes. This song that I just sung is like the main single for my EP, yep. which is called "Put Jeffers." Yep. So you can go on iTunes and buy it. It's not downloadable for free anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, listen, but you should make free. some money out of it. I know, but I love. As long as you're putting Jeffers. As long as you're putting yes, Jeffers, exactly. nothing else matters. So you can go on YouTube and look at all my many videos, and you know, support me on singer Ascala Selassie on Facebook so singer Scarlett Selassie fan page like me like me like me well, that, sounded, that sounded a little bit desperate there That's like right. me please. that sounds too desperate you don't need that <laughs> listen I, it's fantastic I, I, we've, we've got a minute a minute and a half can you, okay. sque- can you squeeze another song in I can squeeze another song in of course squeeze another song in what have you got for us um, as I said I came to bless the airwaves so this song's called Have Faith let's have it uh, oh na 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 yeah have faith have faith in the morning and faith in the evening, do You gotta have joy in your life Yes, he makes you satisfied Have faith that night time and faith in the afternoon Yes, he makes you feel fine He's always by you uh, let me tell you, Jack give me strength every day, him my honor and obey. I'm walking down the right road, I tell you. Jack give me faith all the time, he's always on my mind. Cause Jack love so tender and kind. Jack is the only king of kings, show him the blessings. Because it's the right thing to do. Praise almighty Jack, if you're near or far. Jack is always walking with you. Have faith in the morning and faith in the evening too. You gotta have Jack in your life. Yes, he makes you satisfied Have faith that night time and faith in the afternoon Yes, he makes you feel fine He's always by your side Oh, fantastic. So you quite like this jar then, don't you? I'm, yeah. I'm picking that up. Yeah. Hey, that's, 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 <laughs> very quickly, you're off to Italy tomorrow. I am. I've got a chair on which I'm headlining in Italy. Oh. So if anyone's listening in Lecce and south of Italy, it's going to be beautiful. very, very popular over there. Come very popular. and enjoy the show in Lecce tomorrow. Scarlett Selassie. It's going to be great. you got a cracking voice. Thank you. Why, thank thank you. you so much for coming in. A, for doing some good music, and B, just for smelling nice. Uh, <laughs> it's nice. We need more nice-smelling people in here. That was a Scarlett Selassie. This is Adam Glynn.
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good in A1 through Boreham Wood. We've got queues after a police incident earlier this morning at Stirling Corner. They did have a lane closed off. It's reopened now, but the queues remain. The A10 busy through Chesant from College Road toward Winston Churchill Way. Still slow moving down toward the M25, though once you get onto the motorway, you're looking fine, whether you're heading off toward Essex or going through the roadworks section. The A404 and a northbound through Marlow and up toward High Wycombe we've got queues it's looking busy up toward the M40 though again once you're on the motorway everything runs quite well A41 in Aylesbury busy between the Oxford Road roundabout and the A413 the A5 through Dunstable is a bit busy from Regent Street toward the A505 in Leighton Buzzard it's slow moving on Leston Road the A4146 and the A602 in Hitchin is looking a tad busy between the A505 and London Road train departure boards at the minute are showing no major problems or delays Adam Glynn BBC Three Thanks, Adam. Have a good weekend. Well, you heard of Scarlet there. You think you could have a go? Do you want to come and be a Friday morning music act? You can have a go if you want. Send me an email, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. I'm back on Monday. JBS is up next. Ta-ta. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. And on today's big phone-in, we've learned today that more than one in five children under the age of 11 